the pizza party podcast and we got new icons izzy's not here but i just wanted to show off how nice izzy's looks and i'm pan pizza who are you people oh hey it's jim I am... oh okay i'm nolan jim interrupted me because he's a sorry. bully sorry i want to know who started the uh blank is a bully thing in the comments like every time i bully someone on the podcast someone always says Pan is a bully, and it's like, why does everyone keep saying that? That might have been my fault, but it's, um, I talked to my friend Bernie, and sometimes he calls me a bully, and I thought that was really funny, so I just started doing it, and then I start, I call, like, I call all of my friends bullies all the time, every time they make, like, a descending comment towards me, Mm -hmm. even if it's really light, I just say, you're a fucking bully, and then, (laughs) and then it's just sort of kind of spread, it's, it's become a meme now. It's like a mini meme. Bernie's our uh, number one Starfucker fan. I was, he he runs the uh, animation warehouse. He's a, a good friend of mine, and he hates it when I plug him all the time, but uh, I do it anyway because I love him. Yeah, I bet you do, you fucking... We fuck on the side every weekend. We have salad. It's great. Oh, shit. Aww. Wait, like after or during? Um, during... Um, have you had sex while eating a salad before? It's actually really interesting. Is that where you toss it? What kind of salad? I mean, is it like a Caesar salad? It's or... a kale salad. I don't know what that I is. Could see, I could see that. If it was like... Oh, so you go to the you go to a restaurant, go to the salad bar, get kind of warmed up, be like, you want some croutons, baby? And the other person is like, yeah, I'd like some croutons. They're like, I'm going to put ranch dressing all over this shit. Um, like, croutons are used for sounding, so it's really it hurts really bad. But if you like that sort of angle, it's really good. Wait, what are you using the salad for? The salad. Um, um, hold on here. Let me whisper to you. Oh, my God. Hey, so the next video, five cartoonists who hated their work. Ooh, I like that. I'm thinking of doing that or maybe a, the Christmas one, Rhapsody Street Kids. It's this really bad CGI uh, animation that w- that aired on, like, some local affiliate channel, and it was lost for a long time. Eventually, people found it, and it looks like shit. I kind of <laughs> want both, to be honest. Mm. Well, you could do... You could do t- Top five cartoonists who hate themselves, but I guess you'd have too many to pick from. Oh, yeah. Jim Davis is number one. <laughs> so you guys want to get into the news? Uh, 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 hold on. Oh. Before we do that, no. I would like to oh. announce on here formally that the uh, Rocket Power Race Across New Zealand review is finally out. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, Nolan's second review, right? Um, yes, I, my first review is unlisted, but if you want a link, I guess I can give it to Pan for you guys to see. Yeah, in the description. Yeah, um, basically what this is about is that me and Jim kind of unofficially started a, a review war with each other. Yeah. Um, it started when I asked Jim to review Rent, and he said, mm-hmm. okay, I'll do it. And then he said, I, I want you to review a movie now, and I'm like, okay, what is it? And then he hosted a, a poll saying it was either Oogie Loves or Rocket Power Race Across New Zealand. And of course, all of you fuckers decided that Rocket Power was going to be the winner because who gives a shit about Oogie Loves? 
I mean, I would have liked to have heard your review of Oogie Loves. <laughs> what, would, what would there have been to say, Jim? What would uh, have there Questioning I mean, why uh, the guy from Back to the Future does so many shitty movies. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd. Why does he... I mean... What, what happened to his... Why does he do this? Why does he do so many I mean, shitty films? You gotta pay the mortgage. Yeah. Or the rent or wherever he's living. Those uh, yeah. Back to the Future checks are just not what they used to be. Yeah, because... Yeah. I don't know. The only good thing Christopher Lloyd has done in the past 10 years was Over the Garden Wall, and that was it. Yeah, pretty... Well, he did Piranha 3D, but uh. that was... <laughs> That, he was barely in that. So oh, know. yeah, because that was a magnum oh, opus of yes. filmmaking. <laughs> hey, I like Piranha 3D. It was fun. If you're sure, drunk. sure you did, Jim. And <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, since I finally held up my end of the bargain, it's Jim's turn oh, no. to hold up his end of the bargain. Oh, no. And whatever he decides to do for the review is up to him. But I have decided my movies, and they are going to be... Kickassia from that guy with the glasses.com. Or, if you want, atop the fourth wall of the movie. Oh, so cast oh. your votes in the straw poll in the description, yes. and we will decide what terrible movie Jim has to review. <laughs> and if it's not as good or better than my review, he can take his review and shove it up his ass. Jim, are you familiar with all the uh Kickassia and that guy with the glasses, like those reviewers in general? I know I know the guy with the glasses. I don't know. Um, the top, the fourth wall person yeah. very well, but I, I like I know him, but not as much the other people. I think it's weird that they made movies though. That's the part that I find so bizarre. Like, was quote, anyone quote movies? Well, like, was someone sitting? Were like studio heads like we really want you to make a movie, or was this just like ego <laughs> blowing up farther than the internet? You know, Base, yeah. The second one, it was basically a glorified home movie with really shitty I, lighting and no tripods allowed. I just find I find that whole idea so bizarre that that all these guys are like, no, I need to make a movie. But I guess they have a character, you yeah. know. So, you know, one day we'll make the the pizza party movie where we have to go help find Tony Hawk or something. <laughs> Someday, God, oh God, we'll spend all the money trying to get Tony Hawk into the movie. Like, please, Tony, all you got to do is appear for thirty seconds. That's all we ask for. Come on. Instead What's of Jam Pizza Trouble in Tokyo, it's Pizza Party Podcast Trouble in Turkey. <laughs> what? <laughs> trouble? Oh, no. I don't think we would ever go into Turkey. That's We wouldn't shoot there. That We, we would just get a set. All we need is like some sand and uh, uh, what looks like a destroyed building. I think that'll work. But, Wait, but I don't like, like sand. Uh, it's so coarse and gets Rough everywhere. And irritating. And it gets everywhere. I love Hayden Christensen's delivery of that line, by the way. He, like, slurs it for some reason, and it's really funny. Oh, he's like, oh, God, he's so bad. Like, why? You know, I read a thing again, and I'd heard this rumor for a long time, that that was pretty much Ryan Felipe, Felipe's role. Do you remember Ryan Felipe? Who, Who the fuck is that? He was. Did you see Cruel Intentions? No. I'm not I'm not 55, Jim. <laughs> okay. It's not the okay, but anyway, he was this actor and he was up and coming then. And apparently, they pretty much said like the role's yours, and he was like, "Eh, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna do it." And then they're like, "Okay, who sort of looks like him but is cheaper?" And <laughs> that's why that I've always heard that rumor, and I've never gotten a like confirmation from anyone who worked on it. But I'm like, I bet that's true. Like they didn't go, let's just cast someone else. They went, I mean. 
He, he sort of looks like him. I'm sure we're fine. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. Close enough. We'll be good. People will love Hayden Christensen, right? <sighs> What's he right? up to now? Uh, I think he goes to Star Wars conventions with Jake Lloyd, and then they get fucked up and drive to car racing. <laughs> oh. Sorry, that was... <laughs> I'm sorry. A Star Wars prequels reunion. You know, you know if you know you're at a you're at a really dark, depressing drug party if you show up and Hayden Christensen and Jake Lloyd are there. You're like, I gotta go. My life didn't, is taking a wrong turn. Didn't Hayden Christensen basically fuck off from acting forever because of the prequels? Um, he's done some stuff, but basically yes. But it's also, I don't think it helps that like unlike you and McGregor and Natalie Portman who had pretty significant movies before star wars he his career kind of begins and ends with star wars and i think like that shattered glass movie which i'm sure most people listening to this are like what the fuck did you make up a movie like he's just not in very much so i don't think i don't think he had anywhere he could really go because he just didn't no one could look back at when he was good because he was never good so i love how ewan mcdonald hasn't been heard of sense well he he's he's the only prequel person who's uh really talked to the new star wars uh producers and he did a voice for force awakens during that uh when ray has that kind of trips out Mm -hmm. when she holds on the lightsaber he 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 did like one line like something like he said ray or i don't know i couldn't it was weird, um, but I but he I know he's gonna be he's there is gonna be an Obi Wan movie in like 2020, and he is talking to him, so he might he is actually it's plausible he could come back. Can't yeah. wait for 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fun fact that um, James Arnold Tyler, who does the voice for Obi Wan and all the smaller stuff, actually dubbed the line first, and then they got um, Ewan McDonald, and he was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm I'll fuck off then. Wait, really? I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, they took a line from uh, Alec Alec McGinnis Beer or whatever the fuck his name is, and they uh, they uh, cut out of when he said the word afraid. They cut out Ray and then put it in. Really? What? I really? Think that's what they did. I mean, that sequence is so like you can barely hear because it's so trippy and there's all these. Take sound- it with you- a grain of salt, but that I read that somewhere, so. Yeah. I forget the source, but I, it could very well be. Yeah. I, I, I like researching movies that I've only seen once on <laughs> TV tropes. <laughs> YOLO. You only YOLO once. Yeah, that's true. But so, Jim, did you actually ever watch Nostalgia Critic? Yeah, I watched him. I'm not as big as big into him as you guys are. <laughs> yeah, as big. Okay. <laughs> if you want to say that, sure. Look, 2008, <laughs> well, guess... 2009 was a different time. Yeah, I feel like you guys have watched more of them than me. Yeah, we grew up with that stuff. This was these were our. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't know. I like him to a certain degree, but I don't. I'm not in love with the whole. I'm gonna read the whole plot in the review thing. Yeah, again, I don't know. After a while, I got bored of just seeing someone review the entire movie. Like, well, I mean, I was watching Nostalgia Critic recently. Well. The Blade review, and it was like, damn, he comments over every little thing. Like, I, I mean, I, I'm okay with going over the entire movie, but like, not every single yeah. little thing. Just like, just get to the best of parts, you know? Yeah, it's like, it's kind of a little like, like sometimes I, 
I can't think of specific examples because there are sometimes I think he did really good stuff, but then others I'd be like, I feel like you're just like trying to jump on anything. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily what criticism should be. Like just, just like, like pouncing on any little possible thing to jump on. But, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, respect that he like kept, he keeps going and, made this little empire and stuff yeah. so that's cool it's hardly not, an empire yeah anymore. <laughs> not anymore is it's an empire the the imp it's just one emperor and everybody else is dead i mean i think like the guys uh red letter media kind of are the uh kind of took on that whole like building kind of an empire out of just like being able to have enough money to rent an office space and make <laughs> your youtube <laughs> thing really but i feel like they've fallen off because that Force Awakens review is like real bad. So. What? Really? What? You didn't like that? You the like that review? Yeah, I loved that review. I thought it was okay. It was more about the world around Star Wars rather than the yeah, movie itself. It was, yeah, it was fascinating. I didn't. I didn't. To me, it was like I felt like they didn't know what to do with it, and a lot of what they were saying, I had read other places, and some of it came off a little like racist and. <laughs> like very pro like like anti like international box office stuff and i was like i feel like they're they were going down roads that like i know they're pretending they're trying to uh criticize like make fun of like a character like plinkett with it but it didn't come off that way entirely but i don't know force awakens the problem the other thing with that is like it had been so reviewed to death at that point i don't know I feel like maybe they should have either waited or yeah. I don't know. They only had like three criticisms about the movie itself and it was just, hey, I'm tired of all this clickbait bullshit. Yeah. I guess, but I, I, I was fascinated with the ring theory stuff oh. and I liked how um how he talked about um just if there's one thing I will agree with, I, there are a few things I didn't like about the review is the uh movies now are just an assembly line blah blah, blah and yeah. uh the, how there has to be romance in the movie, which I don't get at all. Like, I don't get how that, oh, yeah. how that's a, a, a prerequisite for having a good emotional movie when I thought it was just fine when things were platonic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I didn't real. I, I thought the diversity stuff he was on point with though, because like for every person I've seen who said as a kid, like, I feel like diversity isn't as important now as it was back then when there was like segregation and stuff because there, of course there's still racism, but like I feel like it's at the point where it's like only only adults and cynical minded adults really do care. Mm-hmm. That's my onion, but uh, you can yeah. have yours. Yeah, because I see Either some. Way. I don't know. I was watching like Jorge Gutierrez's interview with uh, Nick Magazine and stuff. I mean, Nick the Nickelodeon podcast. My fucking yeah, yeah. rivals because I fucking I'm like man that stupid Nick podcast. They get all the good guests. Yeah, they get everybody. What's up with that shit? It's like I feel so. Dis- what, what, uh, We're no longer the greatest animation podcast. Well, the, fuckers. They have they have a major corporation behind them. We're just like a bunch of dudes. Yeah, so. they're the fucking emperor. They have these people on like blackmail. Like if they don't go on the podcast, like they're gonna reveal like their secret Nazi gold hideout treasury or something. I love how how you're saying that your microphone starts crackling and. <laughs> Falling apart like your anger is literally ruining our podcast. <laughs> My rage fueled angers towards that fucking podcast. Fuck that. My resolve has never been stronger. I can't handle someone being better than me. 
That's funny because there are millions of people who are better than me. This is like, look, I got a claim to the fact that I'm hopefully the best cartoon reviewer there is on YouTube. I mean, there's like two of them. What about Mr. Enter? So I'm the best reviewer on YouTube, apparently. <laughs> um, no, listened. I made the Rocket Power review, so uh, I... We gotta plug user. that, but crap, going back to what I was saying on, on the podcast, so Horky Titus was talking about how when he was younger, he was just like wondering like, man, how come there's no... How come Mexico is always shown so crappily in all these things and there's no Mexican characters unless they're like a joke character? I don't know. But yeah, go something like that. That's why I mean, Star Wars also, does the thing. I don't know. The the Nicktoons podcast, so I've listened to it, and they have the guests, but the person interviewing the guests is really bland and like not not like I would not listen to a podcast yeah. of that guy talking. Like he has to have a guest. Screw you, Hector Navarro, host of Nickelodeon podcast. Yeah, because he's always like he he like just praises everything they do. <laughs> And he's like, he's just like, like I heard his review of what was it? Phil Lord or not Phil Lord. Um, the guy, the Ninja Turtle, uh, yeah. one of the Ninja And he was just like, you know, and, you know, we loved all that stuff. And he just kept talking, like just praising them and praising him. And it was like, I would like to hear like, you know, more of the behind the scenes stuff, like how they fought, how they didn't let him use Bebop and Rocksteady and Turtles too. Like, you know, why, what the how they felt about selling their shit to Nickelodeon and all that stuff. But. Yeah. Hector Navarro needs to get more like honest. Like he needs to say like, Oh wow, that movie was a piece of shit. How do you feel about that? Do yeah. you feel like you're I'm, a fucking failure? I mean, to me, Hector Navarro seems like he has like no real opinions of his own. He just <laughs> likes everything that his generation told him to. Uh, that's just, that's just what I think. Anyway, so not I'm, everybody on this podcast already. I'm, I'm st- I'm supposed to be on the Nicktoons podcast next week, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Wow, so how is Nuck Force? <laughs> I would call it Cuck Force. What's in a generation? Two people come together and hang out and talk about things, and they just make... Uh, they just show everything that makes that generation stand for greatness and go, thanks, thanks, Hank. That's And then Ian took all the money and ran! <laughs> Fucking Ian! <laughs> No comment. Oh. Yeah. We're sorry, Hector Navarro, for saying these mean things. I mean, he's just sorry, Ian. Yeah. I'm not sorry to Hector. Yeah, we don't we never met, we don't know Hector. All of you. Yeah. I when I, I should have been at Comic-Con and told Hector to go fuck himself if I had the chance if he was there, I'm not sure. But oh, then he would have he would have said something nice to you. You go, you know, Pan. You're one of the greatest cartoon reviewers on YouTube right now. Our whole generation came together hoping that's so sorry. <laughs> oh, it's like, great. How do this I hate this guy? It's a fucking disaster. And Izzy and Izzy's not here to witness yeah. it. <laughs> Hector Navarro yeah. is the better man. Who's just, who has too much optimism that you just can't hate. It's like, it's well, like persona. Pan is like, I am the shadow, the true self. Hector's like someone who's like, no, Trump for president isn't so bad. Yeah, just give him a chance, guys. Come on. Come on. I mean, Trump really, guys, why is everybody so upset about Trump? It's really not that big a deal. It's like, remember he was in Home Alone? That was funny. I liked him in Yeah, and, and just like in Home Alone, he steered Kevin in the wrong direction. <laughs> 
Oh, shit. The entire events of that movie could have been changed if Donald Trump didn't point Kevin in that direction. Why didn't Donald Trump say, where, where are your parents? Yeah, what the fuck? You no. Know? What's this kid doing in the Plaza Hotel in New York City? Donald Trump could have intervened and taken him to Child Protective Services. But instead, he goes, go over there, kid. That's the right way to go. He could have saved Kevin and saved his parents a lot of heartbreak. Screwed up everything. <laughs> what were we even talking about? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, red letter media. So, yeah, they're cool. But I, I don't know. So, yeah. Anyway. I, I wasn't... I, I thought the... Uh, the Force Awakens review was okay. It didn't hold up to the other ones. Yeah, I thought I thought it did, but mm-hmm. I guess I'm I'm the the minority here. Yeah, too many minorities. I'm the, I'm the diversity in the podcast, I guess. <laughs> we see we've come we've come full circle, like the ring theory. I felt he took he spent way too much time on that ring theory. Like, was that a, a real big deal in the Star Wars uh, fan fandom? I feel like that was just one of the things that um, Mike saw and read, and he was like, "Jesus Christ, this is so fucking stupid," yeah. and he just felt compelled to like rip it apart. I, I feel like he could have like so- shortened that video that part a lot. Yeah, I might have skipped a couple parts of like that part because yeah. I was getting bored. I don't know. It was, it's, this is a problem to talk about this since. I haven't seen it since when did it come out? September or yeah, somewhere around there. Because I remember we recorded a podcast and I saw <gasps> he's back. Oh wait, crap! That reminds me. Like I was for the longest time, like a long time ago, he teased that what next reviews he was gonna do, and one of them was the Matrix reload, all the Matrix sequels, and that's never happened. That would be or the last Airbender. Uh, oh yeah, but Matrix. I would love yeah. I would like the the Matrix ones would be perfect for yeah for him because it's like no one really went in deep on those. I mean, I'm sure no one really wants to watch the Matrix sequels again, but <laughs> nope. Uh, I would and, and Avatar or sorry, Last Airbender as well. I'd be interested because he's done Avatar itself, but the Last Airbender would be cool since that's I, like I, whoa. I should I could do a Last Airbender review. That'd be something. Yeah, you should. That'd be cool. Are you, oh yeah, we gotta pull. Did we plug it already? Yeah, we plugged like... it several times. <laughs> okay, don't forget to watch Nolan's YouTube channel where he does something horrible for way too long with a shitty camera from 2008. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, my camera is um 10 years old, so I need, I'm gonna buy a new one when I have the money. Let's all raise money for Nolan's getting a camera that doesn't look like it was recorded on a potato. <laughs> If I do do the last Airbender review, I'm definitely gonna bring up race bending. <laughs> oh no! Because that shit that shit was such a huge deal back then. I heard if like the the shittier a camera is, the more chance you have of recording paranormal activity on it. So you know, just be on the lookout oh, with that camera. I heard that on a Ghost Hunters. <laughs> <laughs> I hate these ghost hunting shows. Like they're all the same, and they're all recorded in like a night vision. Green. Well, yeah, because you can't see ghosts if it wasn't in night vision. We, at Everybody least knows the that. color, make it blue. You use uh, a filter to make it blue. Yeah, but but ghosts are green like Slimer. Uh, anyway, sorry. Oh well. I uh actually um I have 
a recorded paranormal activity. But at my old house, there was a ton of it. What the? It's fucking creepy. Whoa. My whole neighborhood actually was haunted to some degree. <laughs> Shit. Was your neighborhood like, was your neighborhood built on an Indian burial ground or something like that? That's what my mom thinks. She wanted to always look in the history of the uh, of the uh, the neighborhood, but uh, it never really happened. I I um I do remember one story she told me though, which always stuck with me, was that she was home alone and uh, we were the, all the kids were at school and dad was at work and she was just doing housewife shit <laughs> and. Uh, she looks okay. So, my backyard was really expansive because it used to be like I think like a little pond or something. Because I'm um, like, there's a drop off, and there's like a huge drop off in the back where a pond would be, and then there's like a little ravine where a small stream would be that separates the neighbor's yard and then the backyard. And uh, we had a big window where you could see the whole backyard and like the neighbor, like kitty corner from us, and uh, their playset was like uh it was a completely still day no wind or anything and one of their swings was swinging and not like just like swaying a little bit it was like somebody was actually on the swing using it except there was nobody there and the other swing was like completely fucking still Mm. and my mom was just like what the fuck (laughs) and she just watched it go for like 15 minutes then she went back to do stuff and around the house and then she would check it periodically and it was still going and then the last time she checked it, it just stopped. Like, it didn't, like, stop swinging. It, like, slowly stopped swinging. It just literally stopped. Like, somebody stopped it. Jeez. Whoa. Yeah. My neighborhood's fucking creepy, and I saw faces in my house and everything. Fucking what terrible. the fuck is all this? Now you're just revealing all this stuff now? Whoa. <laughs> I should have done it on the Halloween podcast, probably. But, yeah, I um, saw a face in my closet once. Jesus Whoa. Christ. I'm this not is, making this up. This is, like, one of those horror stories, like, horror movies, where the, the character just randomly brings up all these paranormal activities they grew up with just now, suddenly. <laughs> Point where the ghost raped you. Right there oh. in the ass, they did it. Oh, <laughs> whoa! But yeah, um, those are stories for another time, though. I was think I've been thinking of doing like a scary story video for some time because I'm so sick of um, scary story videos that use fucking scare chords and music and shit. Yeah. I just want a scary story video where there's like a fire crackling, there's a bit of a wind in the background, and then and then you just hear me tell the story yeah every single at night i use i usually draw with a bunch of these uh videos of like 10 scary uber stories or whatever and every story usually ends with like i saw some guy he ran away i didn't get a good look of him never saw him again that's (laughs) that's like every single one of those stories whoa i feel like we're being so overly cynical on this podcast where we're just bashing on every single thing (laughs) a little bit sorry but you guys want to get into the news let's do it all right this is cnn amy schumer is in talks for a barbie live action films and by in talks it means it's never gonna happen yeah, you say much. that it's not gonna happen. So she she's gonna play Barbie. They say in talks. Like I got, I'm like thinking like is this clever wording where she's gonna be in a movie or is someone else gonna play Barbie? Well, yeah, I don't I don't understand. Like, isn't Barbie's whole thing like? And not to get into like body shaming, <laughs> but but I think I think I have semi a, a bit of a point in that. Isn't Amy Schumer's whole thing that she's like kind of 
like not the right you know not this like stick thin barbie type of person i think so yeah so so like wouldn't her be playing barbie like mess up the whole ideal of barbie like i don't understand how Barbie for a new generation yeah like are they gonna twist it are they gonna like they'd have to do something with it i'm not trying to say like i don't think if she has a good approach to it but i think we need to know more about what the angle of this version would be because it seems like that seems interesting but it is like a different because so much of what barbie is is the idea of like that she's like way too skinny and that if she was a real woman her organs would fall out of her mouth and it'd be this cronenberg horror thing (laughs) they need to make a horror movie where it's that barbie brought to life get one of those like russian models who did all those surgeries oh no you know what it should be be like a woman wishes she could be barbie and then she wakes up as that as (laughs) That kind of physique, yeah. Oh. And she just instantly dies of like a heart attack and falls over, oh. and then her head pops off just like a Barbie's. Like, does. okay, I want like, yeah, I want it just to be a plastic person in the real world, just walking around and trying to do all these jobs that Barbie has, because Barbie has a billion jobs, except uh, she's yeah. good at none of them and has no experience and never went to college or. Wait, stuff. what do you say? What do you what do you say? Barbie's not good at her job. Where do where do you get this? From? Look, if she's if she has like fifty different skills, then surely she's so good at one, she takes on more. Because she's Barbie. Quality over quantity. Like, she never worked towards one of them. She just did a bunch of them and failed each one. I mean, like, Homer Simpson has a billion jobs, and he's horrible at all of them. Ergo, Barbie is the female Homer Simpson. I mean, maybe she's the female Peter Griffin, because Homer's only had one job, really. No, Homer's been an astronaut. He's You know, I've had a lot of jobs. Boxer, mascot, astronaut, imitation crusty, baby proofer, trucker, hippie, plow driver, food critic, conceptual artist, grease salesman, carny, mayor, grifter, bodyguard for the mayor, country western manager, garbage commissioner, mountain climber, farmer, inventor, smithers, poochie, celebrity assistant, power plant worker, fortune cookie writer, beer baron, quickie mark clerk, homophobe, and missionary. But protecting Springfield, that gives me the best feeling of all. Oh, well, that's true, but yeah, he's I, just had, Frank he's Grimes had made a point job. of it to complain that Homer had a billion jobs. <laughs> you yeah. went to space? Oh, yeah, I love that. He goes, you haven't been? <laughs> oh, oh, man, Frank Grimes is the best. Oh, I I would say I wish they brought him back, but then I'm like, no, they, no, I don't. They sort of no. brought him back twice. Well, his son Whoa. took revenge one point, and I think there was a Halloween episode where Frank Grimes shows up. That was about it. Yeah. <laughs> but do you remember this one movie? I think it was with Tyra Banks, and she was like a black Barbie doll, and eventually... Yes! Yeah, what was oh, that? Life Size. Life Size, yes. That, they already made a Barbie movie. That's it. Well, wait, was it with Lindsay Lohan, or is it... Yes, it was with Lindsay Lohan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so they already made a Barbie movie, a black Barbie movie in like the 90s. So that was already like ultra progressive. So we don't need this Amy Schumer film ever. Well, if it was like if it was like Amy Schumer plays Skipper and like her older sister's Barbie and she like hates <laughs> how Barbie can do all these things. and Everyone loves Barbie. That would be cool. I don't know. Maybe. I just I would want to know what the concept is it just seems like that that could be interesting but just like that flat statement is like all right i mean mean, sure i mean i'm not really too worried about barbie media to be honest because they've been pretty on point recently yeah was i heard that show was good the um barbie's life in a dream house house was pretty funny 
Because it's yeah. a self-aware parody. It kind of, it's in the same style as like the Lego movie and the humor, how self-aware it is to, they're just plastic. I was going to say, I'm also mad they didn't cast the Viner who was like, hi, I'm Barbie. Let's go for a ride. What the fuck kind of weather is this? Well, the thing is, Vine is dead, so that's never going to happen. Oh, sure. yeah. Well, now that person has a lot to do since they don't have Vine, so. Oh, this reminds me, like, I, I remember there was some horror movie that said, want to know what happens after this horror movie? Uh, go log on to this website and see what happens. Oh, I know what movie that is. That's the devil inside. Yeah. Okay. And oh, now that did website, I tell you? the website's no longer up anymore. Wait, did I tell you about seeing that movie? No. Tell us. Okay. So I saw this movie and... Like, the day it came out, and the audience was a little rowdy, but, like, the movie could never win the audience over, <laughs> and everyone's, like, laughing at it and stuff like that, and I think one lady yelled at two people talking and goes, nobody paid, nobody came to this movie to hear you two talk. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, like, and then she got mad at them, and she was like, she's like, and what you're saying isn't even interesting. If you're going to talk during the movie, at least have it be something that I can listen to. I was like... Like, man, you, like, not only got mad at them for talking, you got mad at them for being boring also. But anyway, but so that had already happened before it. But then it ends and it says, go to this website. And not only did people throw stuff at the screen and boot, like, it was like, I was like, oh, shit, is there going to be a riot in this theater? Like, I was scared. I was a little scared. And then, and then when it said the, the, when it said the website hit thing, I kept hearing people say, I'm not going to go to that fucking website. Fuck you. There's no way I'll go to that fucking website. Like, people were angry. And I've even heard people who, uh, like, books about screenwriting talk about that ending and say, like, how terrible that ending is. And how, like, I've talked to more people who have flat out refused to ever go to that website. <laughs> I've never heard of anyone who ever went. I'd be so curious what was there. But I don't even want to know because I hate them so much for that ending. I, like... They came up with a new movie. The directors came out called The Boy with the the doll yeah, boy or something. Yeah. When I found out they directed it, I was like, fuck you. I'm I'm done with you. <laughs> the devil, I've never – like that was – that's one of the all-time worst movies. How to destroy your career with one frame. <laughs> yeah, no, and I told people like the devil inside people directed The Boy and they flat out – they were like, oh, then I'm not going to see it. Never mind. Like it was just like I've never heard of – a director like screwing up how the public felt about them just so quickly. And if you look at the box office for that, I think it was number one one week and then like flatline the next week because word of mouth spreading like I think it's Friday was huge and it's Saturday was already down 50 percent. Like it was like I mean, it. you know, I give them a little bit of props because it's like. In a, a kernel of an interesting idea, but if you really thought about it, that's a really horrible idea to be like to see the real ending. Fuck you. Log like, on to this website, which is no longer up, is what from what I hear. So, so if you see that movie on streaming, you're going to be even more bad if yeah. you do do it. The devil oh, inside. That kind of gives me an idea for a, a, either one of us could use for a review. If you want to hear our true opinions on this movie, please go to this website or pay three ninety nine for the final cut of the video on Patreon. Oh. Yeah, pledge, pledge to my Patreon just to see how I really feel about Doctor Strange. And then I'll do it. I'll go, it was cool. And that'll oh, be it. Hang on, I gotta look it up. We're just, I bet some, like, I don't know, Korean soap company bought out the website, possibly. Huh. Korean soap company. You oh never know. God. That happened to the, the Nut Shack's official website. 
if mm. if a Korean soap company did, I will buy some Korean soap to support them continually having that website. Oh. Okay, so apparently it leads to like an AT&T uh, website, a, a Google search some sort of Yahoo Google search thing says, sorry, the page you were looking for does not exist and it's not available. Thanks for nothing. Wow. Just like the interest in that movie. <laughs> That's so funny. No, it's, if you really think about it, it's kind of like uh, DRM games, you know? Yeah. It's like, why would you do something that you, is finite and won't last yeah. Like it's gonna you. Why would you do? Why would you p make something that's a necessity to understand your story and put it on something that's not going to exist forever? Yeah. Like, is it going to be? Is it on the DVD? It, it reminds like, me of like the NES game of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where you have to actually call a one eight hundred number to progress in the game. Except now the 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 phone line is just a sex hotline. <laughs> They should be like to to do the sex hotline. Press one to find out goofy Roger Rabbit tricks. <laughs> press two, and then still the people for the sex line are like Roger Rabbit tricks. Okay, number two. If I if I can kind of like go on a quick tangent for a sec, not a too long one, but like oh, that's fine. The Rod the AVGN review of Roger Rabbit was so graphic for some reason. Like not like visually, but like the way he described it. Like I'm gonna nail Roger Rabbit to the fucking cross. <laughs> He was so Whoa. mad. And then he's like talking about cutting up Jessica Rabbit and putting her in a fucking trunk or something. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Like James, I'm, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking back to that review and like, there's no other angry video game nerd where he talked like that. Well, that explicitly. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, like, he swears a lot, but he, he was never like explicit in his like threats. Oh my God. I mean, I, I guess I understand after seeing The Devil Inside getting that mad when you feel like you haven't seen the full. Like, you, you feel a little cheated and, like, lied to because you're like, wait, so I have to do extra work for this? Like, I don't know. It makes – it does, like, make you so angry. It's just like – you're like, what the fuck? Like, and you know it's not going to be very good. Yeah. But, like, what Nolan said about DRM, like, uh, certain games, like, you need to be online to activate and so you can actually play the, this single-player game. But um, mm -hmm. recently – I was at GameStop and I bought uh, Disney Infinity and like GameStop is just clearing out all this crap because they're tired of all these big toy to games stuff like it, they take up so much shelf space they don't sell it that much anymore and I just bought bought a whole pack of them like uh, the the game itself the uh, the pad the two figures for only like $14 and uh when you open the figures, it gives you like a little code saying, hey, go online and uh, put in this code and download something extra for this character. And I go online and the thing to input the code is no longer there. So I don't know what I could have gotten. But thanks, Disney. Thanks for whatever. Wait, how, how old is this game? It came out like two, three years ago. What? Yeah, Disney Infinity. Uh, two years ago. I think on. two years ago. Okay, so what so what happened was Disney decided to shut down their games division because, like, games are getting so expensive to make now. Mm -hmm. Like, you just can't crank out a cheap one for, like, cheap and then get big bucks for it. Like, it's now – which is kind of a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because now it's, like, there's, like, less room for error. and I mean, there's less room for shovelware. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now games are just fucked. But um, Disney – so they, like – their games division was making Disney Infinity, so without the games division, they can't make Disney Infinity and support it. So they discontinued it. Yeah. My question, though, is why they can't just give the assets and like license it out to EA or something? Because their go-to game company is EA, like for Star Wars. So it's like, 
what's funny or even activision like i don't get it oh okay here's what's funny like i was researching uh why disney infinity ended and uh one of the reasons is they brought up someone uh screen rant uh they brought up how uh apparently disney the star wars disney infinity pack uh took away sales from star wars battlefront like the sales for battlefront suffered because people wanted to play uh, disney infinity star wars so it's like they're competing against themselves well the reason battlefront didn't sell super great was because it was a shitty game yeah it was only like three whole maps i remember uh mega 64 did their like end of the year uh recap and they were saying best game demo of the year star wars battlefront yo they gave you 90 percent of the game that in was the demo so nice that was really cool yeah that was no Generous. Good on you, EA. I hate EA. I feel like Disney Infinity, I feel like it should go on, but without the figures, because producing all these figures, like, I have these in my hand right now, and I'm looking at them, and they're really high-quality figures, and they're given out for, like, I see they're on sale for, like, $5 each now, because they... GameStop just says, look, these take up so much shelf space. Take them, please. We don't want this crap anymore. The game's dead. It's like this generation's Guitar Hero, because five years ago, everybody was buying Guitar Hero, DJ Hero, Rock Band, anything with a per peripheral. And these peripherals were so big that they took up so much shelf space. And eventually, people stopped buying them because everybody had one already. And then eventually, nobody needed these things anymore. And they just went away, just like Disney Infinity is now. But we got a news story, because apparently, according to Liam of Unseen 64, Skylanders is ending. The games, whatever game they released last was final, and the sales for Skylanders have been diminishing. So it's the it's the end of the toy to toy to game market. I, oh yeah, I meant to watch that video, but I never did because it was probably really late, and I was just like, "Fuck it." Yeah, it's strange how like fads come and go. Like uh, I'm surprised, uh, like the like motion controls aren't a thing anymore. Now it's like VR. So I wonder what's going to succeed toys. Like what what's going to be the thing that replaces toy to games? Maybe I guess VR would. I mean, like yeah. I, I don't hear I don't hear any good games coming out for VR. Like, is there anything? Resident Evil 7 is going to be VR compatible. Final Fantasy 15 is VR compatible. For toys to games, After like, all we have left is, uh, uh, Nintendo's Amiibos, which don't really do much, and, uh, Lego Dimensions. I mean, but they're, like, pushing the VR thing. Like, I've seen so many Christmas ads where they're, like, like, oh, and your phone can do VR, and people are like, whoa, look at how amazing it is. But they don't actually show the games. Yeah. They just show the people being wowed by them, which is, like, a weird... <laughs> A weird strategy, but I guess they know the games that are available aren't as good now. I don't know. I haven't done VR yet. Is Lego is Lego um, Dimensions um, like online, or I, I feel like it's not because I don't know. I haven't played it. I know it's single player, but I don't know about online. Yeah, yeah. If it's not online, then they did good because like making your game online and having an online component is a terrible idea. In the long run, or yeah. like the, yeah, in the long run, unless. Unless what? Uh, I don't, uh, DRM, DRM frustrates the fuck out of me. Yeah. I it. It's one of the worst things that you can... Like, remember when the Xbox One was going to be DRM? Like, <laughs> really? And everybody was like, fuck you. No, absolutely not. And then they changed their minds midway through. But then it didn't change anything, and the console sales just fucking diminished. And PS4 is succeeding. Yeah. Um, it's funny... Uh, because the I think it was either the Xbox 360 or Xbox One. I think it was the Xbox 360 sold one console in Japan recently. <laughs> 
the course of a few months. Whoa. Soul. Yeah. <laughs> because like when, when the next generation comes, the old consoles become cheaper to make and uh, they just like give them out basically. So like people who like didn't have enough money to buy a console, oh, I can buy this new console. And in Japan, only one person was interested in the Xbox 360. Oh. Fucking <laughs> How else will they play classics like Blue Dragon? That's a game. Oh, yeah, um, the Akira Toriyama game. Yeah, because everyone was like, this looks like Dragon Ball. What the fuck is this? Everyone was so confused. I remember it aired on Toonami, and that was like one of the last shows Toonami played before it ended. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time it ended. But yeah, Xbox is not popular in Japan. And I remember, I think the first original Xbox, the big problem when they try to sell it in Japan is that everybody's hands in Japan were too small and the controller was way too big. Because have you, do you guys remember the original Duke controller for the original oh, Xbox? Yeah. That thing is funny. That thing, I, I, that... It's like a hamburger. <laughs> That's what... no, no, but like... If you remember the um, the controller that came with Knights into Dreams for the Saturn was probably even bigger, <laughs> all because of the fucking analog stick to control knights. <laughs> Do you guys have like a favorite shitty controller? <gasps> I don't know if you guys ever seen the Resident Evil Four chainsaw controller. It's like a GameCube controller, but shaped like a chainsaw for some reason, and it doesn't look very playable at all. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say Rock Band controllers. I didn't like. Oh. I didn't like the guitar at all. I hated. How I had to strum and press the button at the same time. Oh, th- that was annoying because you'd have to. You're used to. Uh, it's like playing a guitar. Wow. Or like, well, no, you're used to. And I guess guitar I hate hero. guitar. <laughs> no, well, no, it's like you're used to Guitar Hero, and then you're switching over to this different thing, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. It was just too I re- much. I remember I was so excited because my grandma got me Rock Band for my birthday. Months later, I just stopped playing it. Gathered gathered dust i threw it away i feel so bad that my grandma something that was completely worthless like it's such a novel like novelty shit is so terrible it's (laughs) like if you actually think this is the next big thing and then it sells and then the market floods and then it's just like well fuck me yeah i mean they just they kind of ruin the problem with those games is like at the beginning it was about like 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 hard rock kind of stuff And then as soon as, like, the Beatles got involved and, like, they're like, let's have all these different kinds of bands. And I'm like, I mean, I thought this was kind of more about, like, more guitar-centric stuff. Like, why don't you just make another game that does that? Like, why have... But to me, that was, like, kind of what diluted it. Because you're like... Like, suddenly, they're like, oh, it's for everybody. And you're like, well, yeah, but I thought it was, like, for everybody, but you had to listen to, like, Steely Dan and stuff. <laughs> it used to be about the music. Yeah, man. It used to be about rocking and writing Led Zeppelin on your binder. <laughs> I love that one South Park episode with Guitar Hero. Oh, yeah. Was it Chasing the Dragon game? <laughs> yes. But um, at least with Guitar Hero, I really love the all those intro cutscenes that they made, all the stylish menu designs. Like, some of them by, like, Robert Valley and all these artists from, I think, Titmouse. Like, they look so great. Yeah. And... The one thing I liked about the Beatles game was all the cartoons <laughs> and cutscenes cut they had in it were actually, like, really amazing. But recently, well, like, last year, they released a new rock band in Guitar Hero, I guess, to start the franchise again, apparently. Yeah, I remember that. That didn't work. Nah. But, didn't like, work at all. They, they got rid of that, like, the CG characters and, like, during the gameplay, now it's live-action footage of a concert, and it's like, wow, where's there's no 
all the spirit of the old Guitar Hero is gone. It's just it's just generic footage of a concert playing. It also it probably didn't help Guitar Hero that right when it became popular, the economy fell apart. <laughs> No one and people were like, wait, I have to spend all this on this plastic guitar? What the fuck? No. I can't buy food. Everyone was eating their Guitar Hero controllers after that. I mean, so I sad. saw people on the street, on the subway, playing their Guitar Hero guitar <laughs> to make money, but it, it was really sad. Oh, you just hear just people, like, going... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, this is uh, the sweater song by Weezer. acoustic guitar hero <laughs> you just give them you give them a dollar just because you're like wow i don't you need this way more than me at this point whoa this reminds me like uh i remember there was this one news report of like some kid who told his parents mom i want to quit school and become a professional guitar hero player <laughs> i swear if i i looked this up i swear this happened like and the parents just gave in and said okay we'll let you quit school and become a professional guitar hero player <laughs> Wait, wait, this, the news? This is real, I swear, I heard this on someone else's podcast, I heard this on the Cheap Ass Gamer podcast 10,000 years ago. Oh my god, this is, this is like, why? Look at the kid. Oh man. Kid quits school, guitar hero. Well, wait, before we pass judgment, how good was he though? <laughs> I hope he was good, otherwise. I mean, was he like, if he was that good, I mean, hey, you know, maybe he was... Maybe he was really good. Or maybe he's that kid I saw on the subway playing the Weezer song. Oh my god, okay, like, I looked it up and it's, and there's a report by Giant Bomb that says, Whatever happened to Blake Peebles? Oh, oh no, it's a forum chat. The kid who dropped out of school, that, that was his name, Blake Peebles. I'll, I'll read this later, but wow, what an ass. <laughs> I'm sure it, went, it took him afar. Would I wish someone had made... A new version of the wizard in the late 2000s where he's the kid with the power glove oh. and these other kids were trying to get to the finals he's like i love this guitar hero guitar it makes me feel so bad and at the end there's like a, a power outage and you can't play guitar hero anymore and some someone wasn't that wasn't that guy that wasn't lucas a pedophile yeah oh, yeah i think he turned out to be a which you know what's funny about the wizard is i remember when it came out and i was like pretty young like five or four or something like that and even then i remember a kid like when they did the power glove scene a, a kid a little kid like five or under went this is a fucking ad and like we shut it off because we <laughs> all realized it was a commercial wow how old were you guys what the hell i mean it was the 80s you guys were self-aware like, this quickly what the fuck i just i just remember like kids were not accepting the wizard i i do remember like <laughs> like i didn't really have fond memories of it because every time some kid would be like like this is an ad what are we doing and stuff and like and we'd all get like we'd suddenly go like we're not gonna put up for this we'll, we'll go watch our gi joe's cartoon which is clearly not an ad but <laughs> I, I don't know. I do remember that. And it was weird when I got older and people were like, don't you remember liking the wizard? And I was like, it's like, you mean that ad? What are you talking about? Damn. It's like very weird. So, although it's funny in the early 2000s, I remember Nickelodeon playing that film. I don't know why. And yeah. it, it always confused me because my first uh, Mario game was Super Mario World. And I don't really at all remember the NES. So I was like, this is a Mario game? This looks weird. What is this? Oh, you know, wow, that's funny. Like, my parents tell me that I did play a lot of NES, but I don't remember at all playing it. So I could have 
they, I don't know, they said I was like really good at the game, like better than everyone else as like a two-year-old. So every time the wizard comes up, they compare me to that one kid and it's like, no, oh, that kid has problems. No, <laughs> don't compare me to him. God, no. <laughs> but yeah. The oh, end. now that that guy's a pedophile, it makes me... <laughs> Beer where he's like, I love wearing the power glove. It makes me feel so bad. Doesn't he say so bad or that's something? The, that's yeah. He's like, I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> oh, because it was right after Michael Jackson put out bad, so people were saying that. It's it's funny because he turned out to be bad eventually. Yeah, he turned out to be actual bad, not like the bad that means cool. How just like fucking the, the bad dare that... you dismerch Michael Jackson? I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm mean, mean, mean. I mean, this, this this podcast is definitely the first time anyone's besmirched Michael Jackson's name with child molestation. Oh, yeah, you think it would happen sooner, but it didn't. It kept. <laughs> Yeah, time to discuss, like, Michael Jackson. Was he guilty, yes or no? Yes. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't he fucking leave the country? No, he came back. No, he didn't didn't leave. Well, it turned out the people, the person who I think had the, the... the family who accused him in the 90s that was the bigger high-profile case, it turned out that that was a scam. Yeah. But there are other cases that were not, uh, that were probably So it's all a scam. It never happened. La, la, la. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. No, Macaulay, Culkin, Macaulay Culkin had private moments with him. He went to his they were lovers. Wait, do you, do you like Michael Jackson a lot, or is it just a, a you don't want to get sued? Oh, bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, lo- I like Michael Jackson as well. He's awesome. Yeah, guys, there's um, there's a secret uh, um, there's a secret song Michael Jackson wrote, and it's a love song to Macaulay Culkin. Is it? Is that the it's, song? Really three. It's lost media, Pan. You should be interested. There's in no such thing. <laughs> is it? Is it that song? Because he made a song for Free Willy Three, not one or two. <laughs> Free Willy Three. Yeah, no, I think it's Free Willy. Now I'm going to have to look this up. Hold on. I think it was Free Willy 3. Hold on. The third one? I think it has a subtitle. Oh, sorry. Free Willy 3, The Rescue. I'm sorry about that. Um, He escaped already. Free Willy escaped. We don't need a third one. Well, no, they're going to rescue him. (sighs) Did he get stuck in like a coral reef? Maybe he didn't do the song Free Willy. Maybe it was Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. Oh, wait, um, it is. It's Yeah, it's Free Willy 2. I'm sorry. Remember? Uh, wait, fuck, I even forgot it. Never mind. Oh, there's a Free I Willy thought... 4. Sorry, Free Willy Escape from Pirate's Cove. Remember when he was going to have a final concert tour, you guys, and then he fucking died? Wait, Free Willy or Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson. <laughs> Free Willy <laughs> concert tour, of course. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was cl- Yeah, because that's what the This Is It movie... What a weird documentary. Let's see him rehearse for a concert tour that never happened hey. and make a documentary about it. <laughs> oh, man, but I think Free Willy's concert tour would be amazing. I love the song that goes... <laughs> he's, he's, he does a great cover of Loving You. <laughs> My cat just looked at me like, what are you doing? <laughs> Summoning a whale. <laughs> Oh, remember the free willy no jutsu where they send the, the whale to space 
What? You remember that? That happened in Free Willy? What? No, in the in the South Park where they sent a whale to space. Uh, for that one? Well, I mean, if there's no... I mean, like, fish don't need air to breathe. Ergo, they can go into space. <laughs> Wait, have you not seen this South Park where they, like, these... It, the whole plot of it is they go to a sea world and these two announcer teenagers convince the boys that uh, the whales are aliens from another planet and the boys try to find a spaceship to launch the whale into space so he can go back home. <laughs> nope, I never saw mid- that one. Oh, I don't know what episode it is, but you should, that one's so good. <laughs> it's like my favorite. <laughs> um, oh, I never grew up with South Park, so I didn't watch every single episode I, it was like the later one, I think. It was like in the 2000s, I believe. Speaking of people who escaped the law from other countries, um, I remember like yesterday I was on Gables' stream and for some reason we brought up Girls Gone Wild and I was like, huh, whatever happened to the creator? Because I know he got in trouble and apparently yeah, he he's hiding out in Mexico for uh, some sort of bankruptcy thing and not uh, turning in his two cars that he bought with his millions of dollars at the time. So if anybody in Mexico sees him, uh, be sure to invite him on the podcast for me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Uh, Remember all the commercials you'd have to see for that late night on Comedy Central? Yeah, which always got awkward if I was with my parents. Like, you know, sometimes we would watch this one show called uh, Maximum Exposure, which was like this, uh, it just showed car crashes and other viral videos before the internet. You know, we're just trying to have a family moment just watching rioters, car crashes, and this thing pops up and it's like, whoa, tone it down. You can't just show this. Warning, this video contains adult content not suitable for children. Girls Gone Wild travels year-round, coast-to-coast, meeting thousands of hot co-eds to find the cutest, sexiest girls in the country. Yeah, I never saw a real tape of it. I just saw the commercial. No one saw a real tape of those. But they were everywhere, and then they just disappeared. The end of an empire. Yeah. Yeah, he's just hiding out in Mexico. But does anyone remember the video game, The Guy Game? No. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, because, okay, because there was this video game. It was basically Girls Gone Wild, the video game, except it was, like, live-action footage, and it was, like, a quiz show. That if you succeeded, you see the girls topless. Although what's although uh, now that game is considered child pornography because uh, one of the actors, <laughs> one of the girls on there turned out to be 17. But what's interesting, well, what's even more interesting is that uh, this was filmed in South Padre Island just an hour away from me. So I could have been, well, I couldn't have been there, but it's like, wow, this historic <laughs> game took place just an hour away from me. Wow. Incredible. You should go see, you should go. Just go look. Yeah, just like have a museum tour. Just like that's the part. That's where the seventeen-year-old showed her tits, and now the game's banned. This is why we don't make erotica games anymore. Yeah, not with live action like cartoons. You can get away with cartoons. No one will question it. Well, mostly no one. You know, like Evangelion. Everyone's fourteen, but everyone wants to bone them for some reason. Even Bruce Tim, like Bruce Tim, drew smutty art of these fourteen-year-olds. But anyway, let's. Next question. Asuka is the premier Evangelion waifu, except she's not. Misato is the best one. You're all fucking pedos. Yeah, yeah Ray. Why have Asuka or Ray when you can have Misato? Come on now. Was she from the uh, rebuilt movies? No, Misato. No, that oh, was right, Mari. That was a purple-haired girl, yeah. No, the purple-haired girl is Misato. She was in every se- Evangelion yeah. series. I was trying to remember who that girl with the gl- that gl- those glasses were. The- Brown hair in the glasses is Mari Illustrious Makinami. Is that her full name? Yes. Holy shit. Illustrious or Illustrious? 
Express. That is a that is a fucking stripper name. Illustrious? No. Inami. That is not real. I could have gotten it slightly wrong, but I'm, to my recollection, that's what it is. Would you guys want to get into the next bit of news? Because I don't know how we dwell uh, into Jim. this. Oh, Jim. What is it? Even um, favorite waifu. Go. <laughs> from from what? Evangelion. From anime. From anime? I, I don't know. Is it if you're gonna say Matoko Kusanagi because you've only seen Ghost in the Shell and you're a faggot? Oh, hey, Nolan, you you never you weren't here when we talked. Oh about yeah, Ghost in the Shell. we need to hear your your about Ghost in the Shell. The trailer? Well, in general, I guess the new movie because the trailer came yeah. out and you didn't talk about it because you weren't here. Oh, um, I'm excited for it. I know it's not going to be like as good as the anime is, but I, all I really want from this movie is a fun action movie with Ghost in the Shell characters, and I think that's what I'm going to get. So, oh, that's, that's actually a healthy way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Like Pete, like Digibro, I love his videos, but he was like very, very upset about mm-hmm. the trailer, and I was like. Yeah, but it's Hollywood. You know, you're you're not going to get a, a, an intellectual film from Hollywood. So <laughs> you're not going to get a film that um, that questions existentialism or whatever. I'm. I just want a fun action movie with Ghost in the Shell characters that isn't super stupid. That's just like a, and it looks like a very basic. I'm going to find out about my past thing, which I think, which is not hard to fuck up. So, and I mean, we all know Snow White and the Huntsman wasn't like an interesting movie or a bad, it wasn't a good movie, nor was it a bad movie. It was just kind of meh from what I hear, but it was just boring. So if anything, like, I feel like the director is competent enough to make a competent movie. (laughs) (laughs) Cause every time we bring up this movie, Jim always says like, yeah, but he directed Snow White and the Huntsman. Fuck. Well, I just I, I think because so, for so long I kept hearing about this Ghost in the Shell movie and it was going to be James Cameron or it was going to be Spielberg or it was going to be like these big people who if I if they had done Ghost in the Shell, I would be interested. But it feels like they just went, look, we have this property. We have a release date we could put something out on. Who who will do it? And I mean, I guess I'm like, I, will. I mean, yeah, it's like I wasn't excited for it. New, the next movie from that guy, but I'm kind of like, okay, fine. I I don't know, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I'll see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I kind of want to, I really want to air my grievances because I heard, uh, I heard uh, Digibro say it again. I I I suck Digibro's dick <laughs> all the time, but he said that he really hated it when Matoko ran on a wall in the movie because he thought that was unrealistic. Well, she fucked backwards up a set of stairs. What the fuck do you think she's going to yeah. do? Are you that's kidding a, me? That's ridiculous. She's a robot. That's my contribution. Like, she's a robot. Yeah. yeah, no, it's like he, he, he even says in the video that um she comes close to that, but not quite. And I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, I don't, well, she's agile, so it will make sense. Yeah. Um, Another thing that I really liked about the trailer was that uh, it it just um, I think Scarlett Johansson will do a good job. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I, I I'm like I know she's not she's not your Japanese or whatever, which is unfortunate. I'm not gonna say that I'm not gonna say that whitewashing is okay, but I feel like she can sell the serious side of the major pretty well because yeah. the major is a, and she can also do feminine, but not like girly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, well, she, 
she's she's good at doing action, but also um, there's this movie she did, I think it was two years ago, called Under the Skin, uh, where she plays like an, an alien, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a really good and kind of interesting and almost like kind of arty performance from her, which you don't really expect considering most of the stuff she's in. So like, this, I, I do think she could like meld her kind of more Lucy or Black Widow stuff with her role in Under the Skin. And yeah. she could do something interesting with that. But yeah, people are saying this is going to be Lucy 2.0 and I kind of <laughs> see that. But like, but like, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from in that she's just playing a serious female badass. But my counter argument is Ghost in the Shell won't have fucking um, Motoko is using 100% of her brain. <sighs> yeah, no, that Lucy was the well, I think. Lucy's biggest problem was uh, it didn't have enough action. It was all that stuff where she like could control time and stuff. Like that was a little, that got a little much. <laughs> as I recall. So if anybody's writing any story that involves using one hundred percent of your brain, just throw it out, please. Yeah. But like uh, now, obviously, with a uh, ghost in the shell and this futuristic city, every single person is going to compare it to Blade Runner. Like, you can't make a futuristic city anymore without comparing it to Blade Runner, ever. I, I mean, I think they were, when they made it, they, they used Blade Runner as an influence. Mm-hmm. So. I'm, I'm surprised the um, Wachowskis weren't just like, hey, hey guys, we'll do yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. If they were going to do it, I think that would have been an awesome, that would have been a good I, way I, to come back, okay, too. Okay, well, counter-argument. When have fans ever made good things? Uh, no, no. let me be more specific. When have fans of a certain property that get in control of a certain property ever do good things? I mean, uh, I guess like Sam Raimi when he did the first two Spider-Man movies, but not the third. And then but Spider-Man the third wasn't... came out and then your argument but, became invalid. But I don't think I don't think three's problem was him being too much of a fan. Yeah. Three's problem was something else. Some, like if, was, is he a fan of Spider-Man? Oh yeah. You can tell in the first two because he takes like exact panels and uh covers and stuff and plot lines. <laughs> yeah. and... Well so did Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, no, but like like in ways that like naturally because one and two, I, well, especially two, are really good, and even like Peter Jackson with the the Lord of the Rings, but not the Hobbit. But the Hobbit again, it's well, actually, the Hobbit's problem you was keep, you keep saying stuff like, "Oh, these directors did good things," and then like, and then it's like, "Yeah, but they also did terrible things but later." So that doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of people who do. You know, it's like those movies are good. There's good examples of it, but then those people, you know, Peter Jackson made three ones that work, and he made sacrifices. Like, he took out all the songs in Lord of the Rings, and there's a lot of things he adapted in a way to get it to work. But then I mean, in The Hobbit, he Lord went... Lord of the Rings was a musical? No, there's songs in in the book, I think, and stuff. But, like, then in, in The Hobbit, he, like, totally screwed it up and went way too fan service and did a lot of dumb, weird, strange shit. So it's like, I think he at least made three movies that he was so such a big fan of it. But Zack Snyder, for example, Zack Snyder... Has publicly said he's not. He was not a fan of the DC stuff coming in. He, he like he's he was more of a fan of heavy metal, the heavy metal comics, and uh, Watchmen. So that, but I don't know if someone necessarily has to be a fan or not. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I want I want someone um, who's not a fan of something to reboot something in their own style because 
people were bringing up uh talking about the new comic book of uh the Flintstones where it's like this serious uh romantic drama now of the Flintstones. Oh yeah, I've, I've heard interesting things about that. I haven't read yeah. it though. So I'm curious to see more people just like reboot something they hated and make it into something they they love. Although that mm. kind of happened with JJ uh, Abrams and Star Trek. Trent. Well, yeah, well then it's like the that works as well where it's like the first Star Trek's good and the second one is like awful where it just became a so, remake of a isn't there a isn't there a pattern for star trek movies yeah the odd numbers there, or the even numbers are the best good ones the even, the even numbers are, are typically the good one or no the yes the even numbers are the good ones the odds are bad <laughs> but not all of them because like Do you like wrath of khan jim yeah, I love Wrath of Khan. What do you mean? Okay. Into Darkness or the? I uh, thought Wrath of Khan was the second one, and you just said the second one was. Bad. Oh, you're oh, talking about the new ones. Okay. The new one, new one, Into Darkness. The new franchise works in the reverse because one and three I like, two I don't like at all. Mm-hmm. So I think, but then it's like that's the reverse theory where like J- I think the first Star Trek does a really good job of setting everybody up and like you know getting you really in love with Star Trek, but then or the first one, I mean, and then. The, second one it all falls apart so like i think in a lot of times with these directors and their uh fan service or non-fan service it's usually like they, they should have left the franchise before and they just kept them around and it didn't or the, you know in some cases they should have never been there it's but a, it's also a problem with kind of like the sort of status quo for hollywood storytelling for action and uh comic book movies and adaptions this is something plinkett mentioned in the Force Awakens review, and uh, going back to that real quick, he said that most most um, plots now are either a revenge story or a doomsday weapon or something of that sort, and I feel like that definitely needs to change because, like, I think Doctor Strange was so liked because like it was so fresh and interesting because it was it a revenge story or like I mean like sorta but it's not the forefront of it yeah. at all because like the the. Uh... Whatever the main villain is, whose name I forget now. Uh, he, I mean, he was definitely that's why he was mad at the ancient one, but that wasn't. That's not what the movie's about. It's more about Doctor Strange uh, than anything, and the, his story isn't really about revenge. It's about uh, kind of becoming a better person, which is like most of the Marvel movies. Is like the whole arc is by the end they're a better person than when they started it, except for Civil War. That shit just. <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody felt good about themselves afterwards. Rap. What were we talking about? Yeah, sorry. We like something about Ghost in the Shell, but yeah, that's a movie. So in, in Monsters Trucks news, even no. my mom wants to see that movie. Like she she sees how terrible it looks. What movie? Monster Trucks. Monster, Monster Trucks is gonna be amazing. <laughs> she told me it looks terrible, and she wants to see it also, just for how bad it is. My my mom loves movies that are terrible. Not not even ironically. She's like. Oh no, that's gonna be fun. That's gonna be fun. Oh. Like this when I saw the last Airbender and I had my hopes and dreams ripped apart. She was like, "That was a good movie. I really liked that movie." Mm. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and even even when I bring it up today, like to this day, six years later, she's like, "Oh, I liked that movie. I thought it was cute." Uh... Like, oh, Mom. You're embarrassing me, but you guys want to get into the last bit of news? Okay. 
All right, so actor Joaquin Phoenix and Gus Van Sant are actually making a biopic on the cartoonist John Callahan, who you may know as the creator of Pelswick. What happened to him was that uh, when he was in his 20s, well, he had a lot of alcohol problems, but uh, he got into a car accident and became handicapped and could barely move any of his body. But somehow he... He found a passion for drawing stuff, and that's what how he started his cartooning career and created Pelswick, several uh, comics for, I think, The New Yorker or something, something pretentious, and some other cartoon. But yeah, we're going to have a biopic of that guy. That's cool. I'm not familiar with Gus Van Sand or Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I know Gus Van Sant, but he hasn't been good in, like, forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He's kind of like, I mean, I guess the thing most people have seen that he's done is uh, Goodwill Hunting. But I'd also like to bring up that he directed um, the remake of Psycho. Uh-oh. So, boy. I, I, I mean, he, he, he definitely, like, was an indie director before. Like, he did, like, My Own Private Idaho. And, like, he, he does have a, a decent reputation. But for every movie of his I like, there's, like, an equal number of them that I hate. So, like, if you ever saw Elephant about the school shooting, that one was so horrible. What? Wait, go on. This this he, sounds like this sounds like interesting. He made this movie about a school shooting, a school shooting movie called Elephant, and it was like getting all this praise. And then I saw it that weekend, and I was uh, I remember like just being so like like just like really being bored by it, and it wasn't very interesting. And I just remember talking to anyone who'd seen it would be like what the fuck was that? Like that seemed to be like the common consensus with that because it was supposed to be his big artistic statement. And then it like got out of the festival circuit and people actually saw it. And uh, it was one of those where audience, audiences went, what the fuck? Like nobody, nobody what, liked what, it. What was his message? Like school shootings are bad. Well, I, I mean, this is like, I, I think it came out in 2003 or something like that. And, like, a lot of it was, like, there's a part where the popular girls go to the bathroom to, like, throw up their lunch. Like, it was very cliched. Like, worse than, like... Oh, my gosh. It was, like... But it was trying to be arty. So it's, like, not Degrassi or, or like, you know, like, Beverly Hills 90210, where you, like, kind of... While you're watching it, you get that it's a little cliched and stuff. So, it like, I think... Again, I haven't seen this in like over 10 years. So, but I remember the one of the problems with it was is that it's trying to be all arty and kind of more real, I guess, in its cinematography and but also trying to be like this kind of ideal kind of very cliched version of high school and those kind of butt heads so often. It's yeah, like if you so wonder there, why So there was a huge disconnect. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like when you watch Mean Girls, you know, <laughs> and it's like shot like very colorful and like, and the like, Mean Girls has a school shooting scene. Does it? No. <laughs> no. Is that the director's cut? Oh, oh no. You know what's funny? I watched a big part of Mean Girls last night, and I still went, wait, it does? Um, <laughs> but uh, no, but like Mean Girls, the reason teen movies are made in that way is because it's like it, it like heightens their own kind of unreal sense of reality, I guess. And this is like, it. he didn't know how to get the aesthetics and how he was telling the story to meld together. So it was like such a, yeah, you're right. It's like a disconnect that he could never get to work. It looked like some old dude who was making a movie about high school, which he was. So that's a director. What do you guys want to get into the questions? 
yeah, yeah. we, we kind of went off on tangent this morning. Yeah. It was really fun. <laughs> this is the tangent cast. I, I prefer when that happens, yeah. It's um sort of like poetry. They sort of, they rhyme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, that's something that that guy from the Nicktoons podcast couldn't do. So. Yeah. yeah. Screw you, uh, Alex Navarro. Oh, no, wait, that's... Take that, take that, Douchebag! Oh, wait, I think Alex Navarro is from GameStop. Never mind. <laughs> oh, sorry, Alex Navarro from GameStop, but you're probably a douche too because you are part of GameStop. Oh man, oh, that was, no. Have you guys ever watched like the early era of like GameStop? I mean, I mean GameSpot, the review site. Because that was like one of my main inspirations for the reviews. Because occasionally GameSpot reviews, like this professional reviewing site, would occasionally just have like some stupid, pointless review that doesn't really tell you anything about the game. It's just the reviewer reacting in disgust to the game itself. And it was like pre-YouTube, so this is all we had for video reviews. I don't know. I'll link what's called the, uh, the Don't Play This series in the description because I loved it so much. <laughs> but whatever. You guys want to get into questions? Okay. Yep. Hello. Good morning, angels. Good morning, Charlie. This game sucks. Yeah, I know. Oh, by the way, we have the Fan Junk playlist. If you have a video related to Rebel Taxi, uh, be sure to post it and be sure to send it to me in the in rebeltaxi at yahoo.com and I'll put in the Fan Junk playlist, a playlist related to anything Rebel Taxi or or this podcast or whatever related to me. And if you want to make more Nolan fan art, you that'd be appreciated. We have the fan <laughs> deviant art and the fan Reddit. Make it make more Nolan stuff. Make it all terrible like yeah. you guys do. Nolan starting his video YouTube career. I guess so. I mean I that's I mean, yeah. I hear YouTube's algorithm is fucking over creators again, so I'm just like I'll do it as a hobby, but I doubt it'd be a job. What they do this time. Um Hold on, let me go back and my cut this out because I'm going to be looking for a second. Okay, we'll just. Cut it's this. back. I I reblogged this uh, earlier in the podcast, but yeah, PewDiePie quit and then he unquit, and apparently the reason is because of YouTube's new algorithm. So let me get that post. Oh, because the subscriptions yeah. are being weird and yeah, um, analytics haven't been working. And yeah. Basically, what they're doing is dropping subscribers from these popular channels if you haven't watched their videos on a daily basis and their daily videos aren't getting X amount of views. Mm-hmm. So basically, YouTube is just catering to people who will get pay them directly rather than just get them better ad revenue. So they're like basically strangling their mm. popular creators so basically you had to bribe youtube to get successful yeah hmm okay so i gotta like look into that so i can like hey youtube please put me on the front page surely someone I wants mean, to see my crap their their algorithm has never made a lick of sense mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not like gonna act like this is yeah. that much better or something because sometimes that just goes through a wave of like destroying old old channels that have been there forever mm-hmm. it's, and then suddenly it's like they you'll just want to do, do whatever the fuck they want that's that's what it sounds like yeah i mean that's pretty much what 
I mean, uh, has been always going on. If you ever watch Critical's videos, he always like uh, com- he always explains it really well because uh, apparently YouTube, without as much money as it's making, uh, hosting all these videos still drains Google, and Google doesn't shut down YouTube since they don't want to have competition for someone else to make a, a streaming service or I mean a video service. Or something. I don't know. I can't explain it. YouTube is their least profitable website, apparently. It makes money, but not enough to host all these videos that are not profitable. Because there's all these all these assholes uploading like four hours of uh, finger songs, preschool stuff. I don't know. Because if you go on YouTube, yeah. look up finger songs. There are a billion videos of like these weird G-Mod CGI multicolored Spider-Man singing nursery rhymes on loop endlessly. And that's what a lot of YouTube is. I mean, I don't know. Didn't YouTube Red take off? <laughs> Wait, so so nobody saw nobody saw my YouTube Red exclusive videos? Oh, shit. Well, well, tell us about these classic videos. Uh, well, I directed this. Uh, this it's kind of a YA thing. Uh, there's some YouTube people, and it's called the Thinning. <laughs> I, I directed. I wrote and directed that. Um, no boy. Did you Did you see that? It's pretty good. Tell us about it's, it, Jimbo. So, so it's like, so it's like, sorry. So it's like these this movie, and if you don't make good grades, then they kill you. And these teens are like, "How you can't do that? You can't kill us for being stupid. We're gonna fight back." And then, and then. And I don't want to tell you how it ends, but basically it either works out or doesn't, I think. Come on, guys. They can't kill us if we're stupid. We can kill ourselves. <laughs> Jump off cliff. Like, what? I gotta see. <laughs> I think that's... I. To be honest, I, I didn't do a very good job directing it. I was kind of not, not really into it, but, you know, mm. it definitely thinned my patience. <laughs> oh... <laughs> But let's get into questions. Okay. If anybody has a question, be sure to start out with the word question and post them on the YouTube comments here. And uh, our first question is, yeah, quit lying around. What's one of the worst things about your favorite cartoons? Mine is that Steven Universe has no real plot direction, in my opinion, mostly because there is no main threat in the show currently. So, yeah, favorite... Uh Worst thing about favorite shows? Um, First off, it sounds like this guy doesn't actually like Steven Universe. But I, I'm going to do two because I'm going to obviously talk about Symbionic Titan. Because uh-huh. I... No, no, no. It's really quick. I really hate the sound design. It's terrible. It's like it's literally like a, a fucking freshman in high, college um, edited the sound because they repeat the same explosion effect over and over and over again. Uh-huh. And the audio mixing is garbage. It's literally the worst aspect of the show is the sound designer was an idiot. One, but, yeah. um, <laughs> this reminds me of the, yeah. uh, that, that one where they played the flock of seagulls song. I remember it just abruptly cuts to not playing it. Like they have a montage and it's happy and then it just abruptly cuts it off. Yeah. I hated that. Um, God, I'm trying to think of another thing a favorite show did. Well, um, we obviously, I've obviously said ad nauseum about Adventure Time, and that I, I actually feel guilty like shitting on Adventure Time too much. <sighs> Whereas I don't feel guilty praising Symbionic Titan to God's green, um, to the infinite reaches. But it's almost over. Um, <laughs> yeah, Symbionic Titan is never coming back. Oh. But um, 
I guess with Steven Universe, I hate, um, I really hate how, uh, kind of, like, there are things I don't like about Steven Universe, like, uh, I you guys go ahead and I'll think about it. <laughs> He's overwhelmed. Well, for one thing, hating, one of the worst things I hate about my, some of my favorite shows is that it only lasted six episodes, <laughs> but that's not the show's fault. Hmm. Well, let's see. See, I don't, I, huh, I have to say this. Most of it, what I hate about them is being unavailable and no one knowing about them. Yeah. But that's not the show. I guess things about the show I don't, huh. Hmm. What's I guess I, I don't love that regular shows in space. I'm not going to lie. That's like something I really, I'm not really I, into these episodes. I feel what? like they're just, they, they gave up and it's like, look, this is what all the 80s cartoons do. So let's just do this. I mean, I like that what, who is the guy for the infinite? Oh, oh yeah, uh, Owen. Inf- yeah, when he was on and he said, like, literally at the office, they went like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go to space. It's like, I feel like that is the the attitude they had. And the episodes themselves aren't horrible or anything, but it doesn't feel the same where when they used to have a task to do, it'd be like simple. Like, we have to go set up the chairs or we have mm-hmm. to get a grilled cheese from Grilled Cheesers. And now it's like, I know those are season one examples, but whatever. But like. Or even the when they had the dome, like Benson wanted to hang out with this girl, so we went and got hot wings or something. Like, and then they make it sci-fi under that concept. And this is like, yes, he has to go get a wallet, but it's at another planet. And then Mordecai like almost is engaged to a bug alien person. And I'm like, this is just like not going in a weird. I don't know. I still like it and I watch it, but I'm not in love with it mm-hmm. the way it used to be. Yeah. I yeah that. I, I gave up on regular show a long time ago because it was just getting too formulaic for me. But uh, I finally came up with Steven Universe. Oh, boy. Okay. So Steven Universe copies anime tropes way too fucking much. <laughs> and what I specifically mean by tropes is like the big googly eyes, the sweat drops, the uh, – the uh, and they never really seem to copy anime directing techniques at all. Like, anime is, like, the reason I like anime more than Western animation is because the directing is usually a lot more experimental. Mm. And I know that sounds like a huge fucking weeaboo thing to say, but it, it, I feel like in from what I kind of true. Oh, hang on. You're... Get really rich movies with great direction. You don't get great rich West direction from stuff other than Korra, maybe. But, uh, um... Like, for example, there are scenes in Steven Universe where it's just shit, boring shot, reverse shot shit. And then uh, it, everything's just very boring in terms of direction. But uh, they they never seem to copy, like, anime directing at all or anything. When what, they, what is anime directing exactly? Like, t- techniques from anime directors. Like, um, again, going back to Sucking Digibro's dick, <laughs> he did a great video on Evangelion's top ten directing techniques. And he said, and he mentioned a lot of the interesting things, like, for example, characters in a shot, will, like characters instead of doing shot reverse shot, will be placed in the same frame together, so that it draws your eye across the frame, but it also gets the information out just as well without having to do some boring shot reverse shot cuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he mentioned a whole ton of other things. And Steven Universe doesn't really do that. Steven Universe is very, very basic. Because you can tell it was kind of boarded by people who were sort of new. <laughs> like some people had, ex- or people who weren't really good. Ian Jones Cordy. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah um so that's what i mean by anime like techniques from anime you know like they don't they don't employ any of those techniques that i've seen or um like picked up like uh something i learned in my uh um principles and elements of design class and i and i hope to god i'm not sounding pretentious (laughs) when i'm talking about this because i feel like i am a little bit but I, I, what I really, I just want Steven Universe to have a richer visual design. But mainly, like I was watching Perfect Blue by Satoshi Kon, and the teacher was like trying to get us to analyze the movie and how it's shot. And there's this scene in the film where uh, the um, the main lead, she's a pop pop idol singer who's becoming a um, an actor. And she's reading this blog about her when she was like a pop idol singer and was made by a fan. And like they get they get these things right about her and she thinks it's funny at first. But then like they start getting really, really specific and things like she's only said in private with um, like two or three other people. And she starts like freaking out. And then the scene starts being shot like from outside her window and like all in like different shots of her room. And it, it gives off the idea that she's being pe- you're like a peeping Tom peeping in on her, which is really creepy, but also great directing. And I know that's not just anime, but that's like general good direction in general. But like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I just want shows to I just want my TV shows to be better directed. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, this is Western animation. So damn. What do you have against Ian? <laughs> Asshole. Uh, do you want me to answer honestly? Uh, Jim's here. I don't know. What? <laughs> well, um, I don't. Um, I don't. It's not like I hate him personally. It's just as an artist, he every kind of philosophy I've heard from him is terrible and goes against every philosophy I have as an artist. Like obviously, there's a huge kind of a uh, you know he's had more experience than I have, which is fair. But he says stuff like being on model is boring, it is. and like being off model is good. Yes, but like. But no, but but like, he, I'm t- when he when when he's like off, when it's like off model, I feel like he means exaggerating the model, because when I think off model, I think of when in Steven Universe, Amethyst is all of a sudden almost as tall as Pearl. <laughs> Does that happen? Sake, yeah, she she, like she she's portrayed as as tall as Steven, but then in one shot she's like I I forget which shot specifically, <laughs> but she's like almost as tall. She was like half as tall as Pearl was. And then uh, there are other shots like that one episode where um, they like confront Pierdot's like um, the screen in the kindergarten, and like Pierdot's like I'm gonna report this, and you see Steven, and he's like looking back and forth between the gems and Pierdot, and his head is all of a sudden really swollen and ugly looking, <laughs> and like that that's when I feel like that's what he's talking about when it's off model. I'm like, no, that doesn't look good. That looks awful. Like, when you exaggerate the model, like, the show does exaggerate the model, and it looks really good sometimes. But then there are also times where it literally just looks like a, a completely different character. Like, another thing he did for Adventure Time was the uh, assassination episode where Ice King hires an assassin, I believe. And Finn was drawn with, like, shoulders, and, like, it broke his model completely, and it looked ugly and gross, and it was distracting the whole time. And, like, a lot of people share my sentiments, so... Jesus Christ! Just go on. Holy crap! <laughs> well, you asked, I don't and know. I'm giving my honest answer. I don't know. Like, maybe one day we'll get Ian on so we can yell at you. I don't know. 
Why do you want to yell at me? I'm just being honest. Like, Ian, if you're listening, please come on the podcast and tell Nolan what's up or something. I don't know. Please teach me. Please teach me how to animate like you, senpai. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Watashi, Watashi wa I'm sorry, Dasune. Oh. You guys like you guys on Steven Universe like anime, right? I was trying to appeal to you. Everyone's a weeb. That was really. I've been savage this whole podcast. I don't <laughs> We've been salty. I don't know what to say here because it's like, Jim, you know Ian, so it's like, I don't know. (laughs) How much of this is in at this point? Uh, I don't know. How much should I cut anything out? I mean, anything Nolan says. That's, you know. That's Nolan's problem. Well, no, that's, you know, Nolan said it honestly. I don't, you know, I didn't say anything bad. I don't need to be worried. Jim said Ian is an asshole. I never said that, did I say You that? totally said that. <laughs> Maybe we should cut that out. <laughs> and he said Coolsville sucks. Yeah, just just have yeah, just have uh just Photoshop that Fred picture from I when he says I think Coolsville sucks, just put Ian Jones Cordy's face on it. Yeah, so you guys wanna get into the next question? Yes. Okay. Crizzy Boy says, What do you think of the new Cars 3 trailer? What are the teasers? Okay. Look, that mo- there's when everyone heard about Cars 3, right? And yeah. everyone was like, Cars 3, are you fucking kidding me? That was pretty much what the the, the consensus was. And now they come out with a, a dark trailer and everybody's like, oh, Cars 3, I'm interested. And I even hear people say that in the theater. I'm like, you guys, all the trailer shows me is that Disney has an amazing marketing team and can trick anybody into seeing anything. I'm not interested in the movie because I think it's going to be good. I'm interested in the movie because I think it'll be fucking hilarious. I just think it'll be so bad. It's like, there's no way Cars 3 will be good, but the fact that we've gotten so many people interested and that we're actually going to talk about Cars 3 is like, if they put out a Cars 3 trailer how it really is and Tater's like, get her done, no one would care. But Because they did like... The Iron Man three trailer, but with cars, everyone's down for it. No, I mean most people I've seen are like, "This movie, this is going to be so fucking funny, terribly bad." I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like, I just, uh, which I guess sucks. I mean, I, they still get the ticket, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, for anyone who hasn't seen the tr- the teaser, it just shows like a, a very muted colored uh, version of a racetrack from Cars and uh, Lightning McQueen, the main character, gets fucking wrecked on camera in slow motion, being destroyed into pieces. And it just says summer 2017. Yeah. yeah um, but I guess that re- what I said raises the question. I mean, does it really matter if you support the movie when you're depending on what your attitude is like i don't know no it doesn't matter money's money it doesn't disney doesn't care you know there's not like there's a thing called ironic dollars you know (laughs) dollars get get put in the same bank whether they're ironic or not but i don't i i think the thing i've noticed that this trailer got a lot more attention because it was different and i was like man fucking disney just Disney got it in the bag. Yeah. I mean, I, I know they have a good marketing team because look at, like, I think I've said it on here and other places that the smartest thing the marketing about Doctor Strange did is that they don't show you the best special effects in the, in the trailers, which is like what every action movie does. So that you, when you go, there's still things to be wowed at. And that's a smart marketing department. And 
I see it again with Cars 3. I mean, they're just like really good at getting you getting you to go to the theater or talk about their movie. And Cars 3, that dumb teaser is another example of them doing it. Although I don't think Pixar has like great trailers, except for maybe the Incredibles teaser was pretty good. Oh, yeah. But other than that, like this is probably one of their better or at least a trailer that gets you talking, which is, you know, probably something they needed for a movie that no one really wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at least the trailer looks good, and the real movie is going to be probably like the same old crap for all Yeah. Of them. <laughs> it, it'll probably be he'll, he'll, want... he'll break down, and then he'll have to be stuck in a small town when he's a big race car. I, want, just... I want him to be suicidally depressed. <laughs> you I, want him, I want him cars? to, like, I want him to look at a bunch of those, like you know, those things that, like that stop you from like backing up into something. Those spikes. <laughs> oh. I, just, I just want him to stare at those, and he just thinks, just just move forward, lightning. Just move forward. Just like Disney said, keep moving forward. <laughs> he could he could do like the last thing Walt Disney wrote uh, before he died was Kurt Russell, and right before he drives off a cliff, he'll go Kurt Russell, and then. <laughs> That's a true story. Look that shit up. Last thing, last thing Disney wrote before he l- fell over and died was Kurt Russell. I'm like, what did Kurt Russell do? Is Kurt Russell still alive? Oh yeah, no, he's in. He was in Fast and Furious Seven. He's Why don't we Guardians ask Kurt movie. Russell? Kurt Russell will ne- don't ask him. Everyone who who's asked him has either died or is Goldie Hawn, who's his wife. So <laughs> one of one of those. Oh wait, I don't think they're married. Actually, mm. so that's oh, why she won't man. marry him. She's like, if you knew what he did to Walt Disney, it is fucked up. Damn, it is fucked up. Mm. Anyway, so Cars Three isn't going to be great. Nah, it's going to suck like always. It, they'll they trick us now, but the movie's going to be shit. Yeah, you just wait. Oh, hmm. But uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, the Apex Predator. Question: Is there something you would like to see get a super edgy reboot? Before we start, I like the Apex Predator thing reminded me of Chronicle because <laughs> I, I love Chronicle to bits and I love Max Landis as we're all well aware. But that 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 that, that continual use of that line is funny as fuck to me, especially when he's about to like the guy's like, "No, don't do this," and then the the kid who gets bullied a lot is like, "I am the Apex Predator." <laughs> Yeah, so funny. That was a um, good remake of the craft. <laughs> I I looked at it as America's Akira. Yeah, bit of both. Yeah, that's what I heard yeah. the comparison of. Although I heard mostly Akira, but a couple of months ago I was watching the craft and I was like, oh, this is like a Chronicle, only not as good. Well, yeah. Well, it's like it's a, well. The problem with the craft is it's a special effects movie in the '90s, and the effects aren't as good anymore. So the magic of it is kind of just. Uh, Oh, that was that was a good that was a good review thing. Yeah, the magic of the craft doesn't hold up. <laughs> That'll be on the Rotten Tomato meter. <laughs> it should be on the new special edition DVD or Blu-ray. It's like, the hey, magic just doesn't hold up. Hey, <laughs> watch this so you can remember how crappy the '90s were with special effects. <laughs> well, at least the craft has goth girls, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Still, yeah. it's it was still a good movie, just not as good as it could have been as what as it used to was. I don't know, but uh, things you want a super edgy reboot for? Uh, I, I want to say Sonic the Hedgehog, but I feel no. like that 2018 movie is going to be it. 
I, I almost feel like oh my this god question... we didn't talk about this but like the deadpool director for the first deadpool movie has moved on and he signed up to be the director of the live actions he's not a director he's an executive producer well fuck yeah. never mind no he's he's like if you really read into that story it really what it is is his friend is directing sonic and so it sounds like basically his friend was like hey could you just like sit in a couple meetings and you'll get a free lunch and just like back me up because you're like a big deal and his friend was like and tim i think his name's tim miller was like uh yeah sure and that's supposedly like why that deal went down and it would have happened if deadpool 2 had happened or not because all he has to do is sit in a boardroom eat a sandwich and be like yeah no no tells should look like that yeah yeah because executive producers don't do nothing they just like they just eat chicken salad sandwiches and <laughs> Concept. I like to think t- I, I like to think he's going to do something. He, he I mean, he, he might do a little something, but it's not as much as you want. I, I don't know. I don't know what I, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is going to be animated by uh, Sony and uh, Sega's Marza. I think it's called animation team who, who did Night of the Werehog, which was a really good little short film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's going to be live action as well. So what I'm wondering is. What's the extent of eat both? Where does the live action begin? When does the animation begin? Whoa. I'm picturing the Smurfs movie. I want Sonic to come to New York and be like, where are the loop-de-loops? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man. If he does, I hope I get a cameo and be like, whoa, look at that blue blur. The blue blur. Oh, or I could be a chili dog salesman, be like, chili dogs, chili dog, and then he'll come and steal all the chili dogs. Um, I'm going to make a promise now. It's never going to happen. But if by some fluke, I become, I make a live action directing thing and you guys are available, you guys will get, well, Jim's, Jim has already happened, but. Oh. And if we ever wind up in the same place sometime, I will give you a cameo. I won't credit you as Pan or anything. <laughs> yeah. So people will just be like, who the fuck was that rando? No one will but know. You. I can no cameo in any film and nobody would know it's me. Well, you've came- you cameoed in a lot of stuff. I'm surprised no one's figured it out. Not in- <laughs> yeah, it's like, if you ever see someone that looks like John Green, the writer, it was me. Yeah, like a, a the a, a white Hispanic dude. <laughs> yeah, that's specific. <laughs> but for an edgy reboot, huh? What should get see, an edgy reboot? I, it should be easier if it was like what shouldn't get an edgy reboot. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. yeah. Let's change uh, the question I mean, to what shouldn't get an edgy reboot. I mean, what should? I don't even. What's something <sighs> kid friendly that you want to see get grim dark? But what, what I like to see is the Powerpuff Girls. Not so much super edgy, but just like imagine. Like the movie Kick-Ass with Hit Girl, but three Hit Girls, and it's the Powerpuff Girls movie, and they're just beating the shit out of criminals in live that action. That could be cool. <laughs> yeah, wasn't that basically the Powerpuff Girls movie? No, but live action with like real girls oh. just beating up these grown men with superpowers. That'd be hilarious. It's that like, would be cool. It would be like the best part of Kick-Ass times three. I love I love how in Kick Ass like the little girl like she was like on I, I can only curse on set at home we call the movie Kick Butt. Oh, is that true? I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, I think it was in a magazine. I, it's, I think I was, she's like her family's like super Christian. I heard. Yeah, I, I mean, cool for them for letting her do the movie, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, See, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what would even get a dark reboot. 
like that see to me it's like like the that the power rangers someone oh, that's the one i think it's i rewatched power dash rangers and i was like man someone made a joke of making a dark reboot of the power rangers and they just went ahead with doing it anyway yeah and that's tw- that's that's the 2010s for you that they're like someone made a joke, but they made money making that joke. So what if? Although I don't think he did. He just got a bunch of views. Like he got a lot of attention. So what if we just made it a regular dark reboot instead of a joke? But the thing is with that Power Dash Rangers thing is there's so many people who I had to explain to them that it was a joke. Like they didn't I, they didn't get gonna, it. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you all. I, I didn't really see it as a joke. I was like, I kind of like this actually. I mean, I I think it's I was I, just, I was into it. I mean, it's it's probably better directed than the Power Rangers movie is going to be. But the like the whole part with the Black Power Ranger and he's like, well, you know him, and he's like doing blow and with all these like <sighs> he's like like this mercenary for hire. It's so Watchmen and stuff, but. I mean, I think that's like kind of what I mean, that's what Watchmen is. It's the dark reboot of the darker, more like sinister side of if these people really had powers. And he wanted to use like real superheroes because aren't some of them based yeah. on. They were yeah, all based yes. off some uh, real DC hero like the question and Captain Adam. Yeah, but they went. But it's it's I mean, they're kind of like frameworks for other heroes, which is another weird thing about Watchmen is whenever someone's telling me, like, oh, I'm reading Watchmen, I'm like, but you don't read comics. What do you even get out of this? Like, I just don't. I've never understood that. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. But it's funny how many of the dark reboots take from Watchmen. Like, Watchmen kind of, I guess that's where the whole thing came from, because that's, you know. Because I would, uh, when I think about dark reboots, most of them, like, Johnny Quest could be a cool dark reboot, but Venture Brothers did that already. Yeah. Um, and I know, I think they were really going to do a Johnny Quest dark reboot, but it never got off the ground or got further enough in development to announce or, uh, that just reminds me the uh, director of, uh, Johnny Darko originally had a script for the Disney movie based off the book holes, the Shia LaBeouf movie. Oh really? Oh man. Like the script is online. Like I should do a vi- I should talk about it in a video sometime, but it's hilariously just overly grimdark because the original plot of the movie Holes is uh, Stanley Yelnat uh, gets sent out to a camp where he has to dig a hole and that's his punishment and then eventually when when his time is done he gets to go back home but this this camp is in the desert but in the direct in the the writer for uh, Johnny uh, what's called Johnny Darko director who wrote this script that, that's online. Uh, the reason why it's a desert is apparently this was post a nuclear attack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, boy. I don't know. And it's just like talking about how the, I don't know, someone was a drug dealer. The uh, Stanley Yelnats really? goes into the city and loses her his virginity to a hooker. What? Did I, he really think they were going to make this? <laughs> I don't like, know. Is he for real? Holes was like a big book. Like, I saw that with my little brother because he was so into that book and it's still kind of a dark idea. Like you're going to send these kids to like work all day digging holes. I thought it was their own graves, but apparently it wasn't. That would have been dark. (laughs) No, that'd be a dark twist if that were the case. I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened in the book. I I read, I remember reading the script during class like two years ago. Like I was, I don't remember what I was learning in class, but I remember reading this script and it was something. (laughs) 
That's funny. Um, speaking of movie experiences with families, my dad literally took me out of class to go see Holes. Be- I mean, um, to go see uh, Hoot because Jimmy Buffett was in it. <laughs> What? <laughs> my dad literally was like, we're all going up. I'm taking you guys out of class so we can go see Hoot together as a family. And I'm like, okay. What's your end game, dad? What is your end Did he enjoy it? I guess so. He owns it. <laughs> he bought what? it on DVD. Did did he like your dad? Did your dad like Jimmy Buffett? My like, dad loves like, Jimmy Buffett. Or did he like his cameo in Jurassic World? Oh. Jimmy Buffett was in Jurassic World? Just for like a second like because if you see in jurassic world there's like all those restaurants and like there's a buffett what's it buffett's world or buffett place or whatever it is and uh and there's like it's like a blink or you'll miss a thing but there's a guy who grabs two margaritas as the dinosaurs are attacking and that's jimmy buffett yeah i remember that i remember that was a cameo by somebody yeah Yeah. (laughs) i just made nolan's dad's day he knows oh (laughs) <laughs> what a random cameo but anything else for super edgy reboots um maybe like my life uh-huh. no, I, I actually <laughs> maybe full house make a dark edgy reboot reboot of full <laughs> how about the mom dies of like aids or something instead of a car crash Isn't there we just go just uh, bojack horseman no no that's the watchman version of full house yeah, yeah, no, basically. Well, BoJack, that's why I always thought it was weird Netflix has BoJack and the reboot of Full House. That's twenty. That's the 2010s. They're like, we've made a lot of money making fun of a Full House-type show. What if we get Full House also? But, uh, to end this podcast off, I forgot. Mona. What can I say except you're welcome For the tides, the sun, the sky Hey, it's okay Did we all see Mona? I oh. saw Moana. It's called Moana. I'm <laughs> shit, shit. Moana. Fuck. Let's talk about Moana. Tend to soft fun. Oh, um, did you you Mo- saw it too, Pam? Yeah, I, I guess we all saw it then. Yeah, we all saw it. Yay! I thought it was really good. Somewhat predictable though, but yeah, I still enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a little. Um, it's good. It's just like very genre uh, Disney, mm-hmm. I guess. Like it's it's not like I think. Um, Zootopia is going to be the Disney movie of this year, really. But like Mo- Moana is still, go- I don't, I think I shit on Moana a lot, but I still think it's a good movie. But it, the problem is, is it's like, it's very much of this post Tangled Frozen era, you know? And Holy like, you have, what? Holy shit, Zootopia did come out this year. It's been such yeah. a long, it's yeah. long, terrible year. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like March or something. Because they didn't release a, a Zootopia. They didn't release Zootopia last year. There was no Disney animated film last year because they were saving it for Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Because and then they had, but they had two Pixars last yeah. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was weird. Yeah. No Pixar. Did they have a Pixar this year? Wasn't there? I don't think so. Oh, no. There was no Finding, Finding Dory. Dory. Finding oh, Dory, that's right. I Finding Dory. Everyone so forgot about Finding Dory and made like a billion dollars. Finding I think Dory. Two years ago, was there was no Pixar movie. Yeah, Finding Dory was pretty forgettable. Yeah. So, in all honesty, but no, it it's. I think it's good. It's just kind of like it's clearly not one of those of a Disney era that. If this was like the Disney Renaissance, this would be like Hunchback or something like that. You know, like it's like good, but I'm not ecstatic about mm-hmm. it. 
I'm going to see it again, so maybe I'll feel different. I don't, I don't know. I thought Moana was just, like, the music was so good. Yeah. It was like, it was like I was like, there was an Asan I didn't like or just felt like, oh, just can we get this on with? And I was like, mm, some good shit. Especially uh, the, the I'm Shiny by uh, uh, Jemaine Clement of Flight of the Concords. You really I'd rather be shiny like a treasure from a sunken pirate wreck. Scrub the deck and make it look shiny. I will sparkle like a wealthy woman's neck. Just to say, don't you know? Yeah, that was gr- that was great. I really like that song, but I liked the overall theme song more. I think it was like "Find Your Way" or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one that because Lin Manuel Miranda is so popular. Like they let him sing in it, but he doesn't have a character in the movie. Yeah, uh, which is kind of weird. They don't do that a lot, but I was like, oh, because they've had Lin Manuel Miranda do press for Moana because he's like because of Hamilton and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like when I was like when I heard his voice in the movie so prominent, I was like, oh wow, you really wanted to sell this with him because you know he's like one of the biggest stars right now, I guess. But I like the. Do you notice the song "You're Welcome" with the rock? Yeah. Did you notice the effect where they make it look like they're on a green screen? <laughs> I didn't I notice really, until after you pointed it out. Like I, I could see what, what uh, we were going with. Because it was like so weird. I was like, wow, that they like sat there and go, you know, it'd be cool if we made this look like a cheap music video where the band's just in front of a green screen the whole time. Yeah. And they just like went with, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, because we were mixing these 2D elements with these 3D characters. And I don't know, when I saw it in 3D, since that was the only option, the movie does not... 3D doesn't really help the movie at all, except for that one scene where it becomes super obvious the characters are 3D, but the objects are two-dimensional. It kind of had like a, a pop-out story effect, like a cardboard oh, cutout effect. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because didn't you say also The Rock uh, appreciates uh, voice acting, like he respects the medium? Yeah, apparently he he when he signed on, he was like, I don't want to just be some actor who does it for an easy paycheck kind of thing. I re- Like, he apparently kept... I've read when I did my review of it, I think I just said like, apparently he does actually really care. But I later read that the other people who worked on the film who are like actual voice actors, he'd constantly be asking them for like tips or am I doing this right? Or like he contacted voice actors. So he actually, I mean, he has a good performance. He never, he always like pulls, puts him his whole self in a movie, mm-hmm. whether that movie deserves it or not. But um, but in this case, I thought he did a good job. Like it wasn't like The Rock just getting an easy paycheck. Like he really pushed himself, especially because in most countries, other than the eyebrow lift, most of what he did isn't going to be there. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they specifically had that eyebrow lift thing in yeah, the movie. <laughs> they had a lot of eyebrow lifts. So I was like, wow, I can smell what he's cooking. But one scene I really liked was those coconut things. Oh, the the Fury Road thing. Yeah, because it was like, man, we need a remake of Waterworld. Like if they need yeah. to oh. animate, re- they need a, like if Disney's gonna remake a bunch of stuff, like make an animated remake of the live action Waterworld movie. Waterworld was just Mad Max on water, yeah. though. I mean, that's that's the but no. Apparently, they actually made that sequence to, as a tribute to Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> they, they said, I read some interview with those guys, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, I do enjoy it, but it is, it's kind of weird to see it after Zootopia is still so much in everyone's mind and Zootopia is saying all this stuff. And I don't know if, although Moana does a lot with, uh, was it Polynesian culture mm-hmm. and stuff, I don't think it's doing what 
uh, Zootopia did, but it's not fair to compare them, I guess, also. so. But it's just, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate a really good Disney movie. That's I'm going to like, that's all yeah, good Disney. don't be a fucking asshole, Jim. For me, like, uh, I always hear criticisms against... Uh, Disney's Hercules, and I'm like, why does everyone hate this movie? I love it. And then I, I was watching a, uh, I forget, I don't know her real name, but she used to be the nostalgic chick, and she wrote an, a whole essay on like why Disney's Hercules was not as good as all the other Disney movies, and I'm like, uh, well, uh, fuck. I still like it. Though. I, I haven't seen what? Hercules in forever. I'm That's a, the same people who made Moana, I believe, right? Mm, the same director. I think directors. So. But um, do you ever hear yeah. like a a bunch of valid criticism for a movie you really like, and then you hear the criticism, but you're like, eh, whatever. You still like the movie? Yeah, I mean, that's, I do that a lot too. I read that there's a there's a there's a bunch of critics who I really like, and they'll there's one. Well, actually, okay, so the movie Halloween, the original, um, I love that movie so much, and I watch it like every year. And uh, Pauline Kael's like probably the critic who I like the most is like my big influence or whatever. And I read her a lot and her review of Halloween, basically she meant it as like a diss, but I took it as like, Oh, exactly. Cause it said like, this is, this looks like a movie by someone who's watched way too many movies and TV and doesn't go outside enough or something like that. And I was like, that's what I love about Halloween. What's your problem? I don't <laughs> I was like, but it's like a quote I used almost to describe Halloween. Cause it is by made by like a film dork who like watches too many movies and like doesn't really know much it's like not primarily based in reality it's made by someone who's watched way too many movies so it's like you're saying the writer needs to get laid well i i mean he made it with his girlfriend damn so that that might not be true um but uh i don't know i think i think sometimes i've read take of movies i like but you kind of just have to be like unless you i've read reviews and it's turned my opinion but you kind of just have to go, well, you know, that's cool. But I think that's the whole thing with criticism. Yeah. You just try to make your valid points. And mm. sometimes someone will go, those aren't valid. Fuck you. And then other times they'll be like, oh, shit. Deadpool yeah. is about the Indian pipeline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, it comes to a point where you just like, you hear criticism, like you can ex- you can acknowledge the criticism, but you can still enjoy the movie as it's, yeah, uh, yeah with its flaws. I mean, there's, there's, there's been times I've read critics who I really like and then I'll read or see their video and be like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Like, yeah. I, like I don't, and it will really turn me off. But most of the time I'll just take it as, because yeah. you know, because, well, that's ultimately, that's what criticism is, is it's their perspective on a movie yeah. and it should be, it should be truthful to that. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Like, uh, hmm, I'm trying to think of an example I hear um, people constantly shit on that Sonic movie I spent eighty dollars on. Oh yeah, the, but, the uh, OVA, you know, the anime one. Yeah, like Bennett the Sage okay. says it's worse than Sonic 06, and I'm hey, like, hey, whoa. Slow yeah, I'm down. like, no, it's not. Not no, it's not you fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> um, that is Bennett. Not... Don't trust Bennett the Sage at all. Oh, <laughs> well, like a lot of people. He's hate from that like, guy with the glasses, so you know what we're getting at. But he writes yeah. for Zontan. Well, whatever happened to Zone 10, I don't know. But then there, there are also people who, like, hated Scott Pilgrim and said it's made by somebody. I heard, I don't know, I, I'm not quoting an exact review, but I kept hearing, oh, it's made by somebody who plays too many video games. And I was like, look, I, well, I don't play, I don't play wow. video games ever, but I love Scott Pilgrim. 
And to me, like that's what makes it so awesome is that all its pop culture references and it's quick cutting and everything that's going on. And so like sometimes people just don't, I mean, sometimes you could just say, wow, you like do not get it at all. Like, you know, so. I mean, one of the most flawed movies I like that I will acknowledge there are a lot of flaws in the movie is uh, Chappie. I think I, for me, that's probably Willow. I like love Willow and I know it's like not good, uh, but it's just like, or Masters of the Universe. I watch that every couple weeks. And that's like, I know it's not even, I'm not even going to pretend like it's a good movie. And I've read like the whole oral history of making it. And like, I know why it's bad, but I'm still like, I'll still enjoy it. I'm but you know, you don't have to like ever. What? Oh, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done anything with like a He-Man and Masters of the Universe in forever. I know they've been developing it for a while and they keep trying they've been trying to reboot he-man since like there was an early 90s one that didn't really take off and then they did a 2000s show which i remember liking and then that didn't take off and i don't know if they've done one since then but i think the thing with he-man is it's just conan well yeah it is just i mean it is basically just conan didn't we talk about that on forever ago how they just took the models of conan and even the movie they took a conan stage show at a theme park got the guy who directed that and got him to direct the master of the universe thing so it is it is but it's like conan with more sci-fi and stuff so it could be if you got someone who is really into master of the universe i think it could work but unless you're getting like who would you get to be he-man like mm. well actually the rock if you got the <laughs> rock i would be so into that get the rock the rock masses the universe i'd be i'd be down oh my god kevin hart could play uh orco oh god <laughs> i'm i'm writing this movie right now give me a, who could play skeleton yeah. you could get somebody good there someone really flaming oh yeah like i was listening to double toasted's podcast and they were talking about it like if they ever do a he-man reboot like they had to be super self-aware just like be overly flamboyant and just make it the gayest thing possible. It, what it was really doing is it was doing that Frank Frazetta thing that He-Man was so into, yeah. you know? And, like, that was so, like, about, like, these guys with, like, these ridiculous chests and, like, like with, like, these huge muscles and, like, with the huge sword. And then there'd be, like, this half-naked girl at her, like, the Star Wars poster. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, that kind of style. But, like, more exaggerated. And I think, like, that exaggerated kind of sexuality was more on the like more around in the late 70s but now we're like whoa that's too much for 2016 so i think it'd be hard to do but like it would be it would be a hard film to to get work i don't know how you would do it I, i'm going for the self-aware I, parody i want that i mean yeah you could if the rock is the only person who could not wear a shirt for a whole movie and i believe it like if the rock did oh man I want the rocks masses the universe so bad now with Orko. What I want them to do is just like have like He-Man and Skeletor wrestling, but it's like shot in I guess slow motion, like it has dramatic music. But it <laughs> oh also wait, I, I got it, I got it. Who should play Skeletor? John Cena. John oh. Cena plays Skeletor. The Rock plays He-Man. <laughs> Who would not see that movie? I everyone Please. would see that movie. I want this now. Just. I guess the closest thing we have to the grimdark uh, He-Man is uh, Korgoth, the pilot episode. Uh, yeah. Uh, if anyone has the Rock's number, I'll, I'll call him. Oh, I do. Please. You do? Yeah, I didn't I know that. That makes sense. Hold on. Let me call him. Pan edit in of uh, microphone beeps. Okay, sure. I'll do that. <laughs> 
Oh my god, he's actually calling. He's actually calling. And then uh and then just uh have it be the rejection hotline. Oh shit, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Shut up, shut up. I don't want to mess this up. Here it is. Uh, oh, I, I, I guess he just changed his voicemail, you guys. Yeah, he'll talk to me eventually. He's not the master of my universe anymore. <laughs> After that Kevin Hart movie, things were never the same between him and Nolan. If, if, if they did He-Man, I could pitch and be like, look, we have a She-Ra spinoff. We have a cinematic universe. It's going to work. Who owns He-Man? Mattel? I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's Mattel. Yeah, the crossover with the Barbie movie with Amy Schumer. It's going to be oh my God. fucking amazing. This is going to be great. So is that all for Mona? I think so. I don't have much to say other than I really, really liked it. I don't know if I like it as much as Zootopia. Like, I like Zootopia, but, like, the one thing that kind of ruined Zootopia for me was how uh, telegraphed the ending was. What do you mean? Oh, how, like, genre... I- yeah, I thought ending. it was clever how they kind of foreshadowed it, and then they kept shoving it in your face, and it was like, okay, okay, stop. I mean, it was, it was just, like, really fine-tuned kind of Hollywoody screenwriting, but I thought that was... I mean, I sort of liked it, but I I, I can understand. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know. So, yeah, I think Zootopia is a little better. Although I think the la- the, my favorite overall Disney movie of this generation since Tangled uh, was Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. I don't, oh, in I the credits of Moana, there's a Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, there is? Yeah, you, at the very end of the credits, there's just a Wreck-It Ralph sitting there as it scrolls up. Hmm. Oh, that's weird. That's... So he just... It's its just like a picture of him. Like, it's its just there. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I guess they're making Wreck-It Ralph 2 now. What does now. this mean? What, what sucks is that my theater, it, they didn't play the credits all the way. Like, they just showed the first few min- seconds of the credits. And then it just, like... And started flashing the screen, and it turned into a rave, basically, and then j- they just cut it off. And it was like, oh, well, thanks Whoa. for nothing. I guess I'll leave. Fuck you, then. This is how I get treated at Cinemark, fuckers. <laughs> the last person we throw under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you, Cinemark. I'm tired We're of throwing so many people under the bus. I'd like to, I'd like to offer a formal apology to myself <laughs> for having to put up with all these people. <laughs> Oh. We we th- we actually threw a bus under the bus, <laughs> <laughs> but like the bus, the bus just went over a whole town oh. in an orphanage. Oh no! I, I just want to say, if you ever go to Cinemark, like I don't know what movie theaters you guys go to, but for me, I think at Cinemark, there's always at the beginning of every movie, there's always these this group of multi multicultural teenagers like singing this really shitty song, and it's just like at the start of every movie, and it's like, please stop. Wait, what? Oh, I, don't... I, don't... I think I've been to a few, but I haven't seen that. No one can stop me. It's, it's recent, so it's just like, oh, this is the cringiest song. One of those cringy, like, we're all in this together type of songs. Like, something you'd hear on High School Musical. Like, I'll link it below, because I fucking hate this song. Every time it plays, like, I just want to cringe into the cr- crescent of my seat. You know, like, you know how the seat folds up? Like, I wish I could just, like, sink myself in between the seat and just, like lie there and just hide until that song is over so I don't have to feel the shame of it. That That's usually how I feel at the like the pre-trailers thing because I see so many movies. Sometimes I'll just be on my phone and people will look at me like what are you doing? Like this is like it's not the previews like before the previews oh, yeah. 
I'm like, dude, I've seen this. Like, I see this a, a couple times a week. I'm like, I'm not going to be excited for you know Maria Menounos telling me about like Viking season four. Like, I just don't. <laughs> Oh man! But do you remember whenever you went to like an animated movie? Like there was always that one trailer for um, I think the wildlife, some low budget CG movie about these animals living on an island, and they would always play that fucking trailer every time the oh the Robinson Crusoe thing or whatever. I think so. And like was yeah, it, and it was like uh, it was a foreign movie that they dubbed over, I believe. Yeah, and then there's like a, a hippo or something, and she's like, "Big is beautiful," and she has her butt in the camera. So, yeah, that was that was. I thought about seeing that movie because I was like, "Oh man, I haven't hated an animated movie in forever." But then I was like, "I just can't. I don't even want to support it." Just like the trailer for, just like the end of uh, the Devil Inside. <laughs> oh yeah, but like I, I don't think anybody saw that movie except for Lude Tunes because he, he, he has this quest to, to review every movie this year that's animated in theaters. Oh, hey, that's them. commendable. Which I, I should have done that because I, but it's too late because I missed out on Norma the North, Kung Fu Panda. What 3. you missed? You missed Norma the North. I should have seen it. Like I, I know somebody's making me a hat and. When I get that hat, I want to do like vlogs of movies I just saw. So maybe next year we'll have a, a new version, a different, our version of Norma the North. Norma the North. Wow. That was like, that was so the bottom. It's hard to come up with a worser movie than Norma the North. Normies of the North. Remember seeing, but do you remember seeing that trailer for like this one soccer movie with foosball? Wait, you mean, you mean the underdog? Yeah, underdogs, this foosball no, movie. No, I, I I saw it. Yeah, it I, was on. It was on Netflix. Yeah, you reviewed it. But what's weird is that they played the trailer in theaters, and like they said, here's the date that comes out, and eventually it just vanished, and nobody ever saw it. And then it just popped up one day on Netflix. But I think isn't it? Wasn't it something uh, that like they? Oh yeah, they only released the European <laughs> dub on Netflix. So there's an American because this is how this is so stupid. But mm. they make. Uh, two dubs, one for England and then one for America, even though they're both speaking English. Yeah. Um, and so I think only the English dub has ever come out. I think there's an American dub that's never been released. I think that was, I don't remember underdogs. I kind of like, you know, Oh God, that movie was real bad, but apparently in other countries, I think it's what other country it's from. People really love it there. <laughs> But I was like, I don't know. A country where there's no room and everybody just plays foosball because nobody has the room for a soccer field. Yeah. <laughs> I think Argentina is where it is. That's a small country. It was like a big deal for them because it was like one of their first big animated movies, I think, or, or that was made in that country and was a success. And I think it was a success in other countries, but not so much in America. Nope. Didn't even make the theaters. Well, not only did it look crappy, it's about a sport that no one in America cares about. Yeah. So it was like a double whammy. Like a simulation of a sport nobody cares about, like a well, foosball. No, there's, there's, because they play a real, the foosball, well, actually, the trailer lies because it's not a foosball team against a real soccer team. The trailer makes you think that it's actually a group of people from the town versus an actual football team. That's the actual plot of the movie. The foosball team is just comes to life and gives them advice. And stuff. This is a fucking ripoff, so it doesn't even follow those characters. <laughs> no, it so the trailer you saw. It is not. They're there and they help out the regular people, but it's really a team about this town 
had to get together the best people who play football against an actual football team. This is not American football. Soccer, I guess. Damn, they kangaroo jacked me. Oh, yeah, they no, they kangaroo jacked you hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. So is this the end of the podcast? I think so. Yeah, we this this has been a very good one. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> and it's no thanks to Izzy. Oh. Is it Izzy? Fuck. Izzy. A- anytime someone's missing, it's usually uh it's it's usually a very interesting podcast. Izzy, you're fired. Goodbye. What? <laughs> oh no, we're just kidding. Izzy can stay forever. We're all in this together. So, this is the end of the podcast. I'm Pan Pizza. Who are you, people? I was Jim. I was Nolan. And the next video is going to be five cartoonists who hated their own work. And and themselves. And themselves, yes. I must clarify, (laughs) and themselves. Goodbye. Play us out, Emily and Stephanie. Yeah, I don't feel like singing today, so fuck all of you bitches.